0: Oh yeah.
1: Cancelled Too Soon. A podcast. Podcast. About TV. Television shows. That were. That were very, very
0: short. Cancelled Too Soon. One season or less.
1: Oh, yeah. This week on Cancelled Too Soon. Dracula, the series.
0: Everybody and welcome back to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I'm a film critic for Crave Online and Blunthouse.com. Everyone calls me Bibs.
1: Very good, sir. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> uh, this one meets your approval.
0: This is uh, an okay level of energy. That was I okay.
1: You're, you're, yeah. You, didn't, you didn't, I didn't overdo it this time in the intro. You didn't overreach. You're clear. Good. You, you get you get an A minus. I'll take it. Room for improvement. That's a- all. is yeah.
0: still a 4.0. Yeah, there you go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Who are uh, you? Uh, Who are you to criticize me? I, I'm, a, I'm a critic. My name is Whitney Seibold. <laughs> uh, my name is Whitney Seibold. I also contribute to uh, Crave Online. I contribute to Legion of Leia sometimes. It's been a little bit, but uh, still there. Yeah, I uh, contribute to Blumhouse.com and uh, I am the co host of the B Movies Podcast from, <laughs> from whence we, we hail. hail, which we like to say.
0: And uh, this month, that's our shtick. This yeah. month, on Cancel Too Soon, we are doing nothing but horror and horror themed shows and Halloween specials of yesteryear. Yeah. And this week, we've we've bitten off a little more than we could normally <laughs> chew. We, we this is the longest running one season series we've ever done on the program. Uh,
1: so it took a lot of doing. I had to marathon through a lot to catch up. <laughs> Because in addition to this, we're doing like a lot of crap over at the B Movies Podcast. So yeah. uh, there's there's been a lot to watch just this week alone. Yes, and, uh, we're one, very of, busy. one of these things wa- for me was Dracula series.
0: Yes, Dracula the series, which, which is not was- to be confused with the Dracula series that came out a few years ago, um, starring uh, that one guy.
1: Jonathan what? Reese Myers, yeah, I Jonathan Reese Myers, yeah, right.
0: yeah. Uh, which also didn't last very long. We might do it at some point. This is the 1990 series. Mm. Uh, it aired from September 29th, 1990, mm. to May 11th, 1991,
1: which is a, a hefty life for one season. Yeah, show. that's about 21, 22 it episodes. Was 21 episodes.
0: Yeah. Uh, and this is a uh, this is a syndicated series, half hour long. Uh about and it's basically the Lost Boys versus Dracula in Europe.
1: Oh it's it although tonally I'd compare it more to something like the Monster Squad, because there's a this sort of like sleepover party kind of vibe to it a lot yeah. of, through a lot of it. The main characters are uh three young children yes. who are staying with their uncle Gustav.
0: Uh, only one of them is one of them is not a really,
1: Oh yeah, one of them sort of like his no. young war. Let's actually and, let's let's okay. back up
0: a smidge. Uh the the it's uh Two American boys, Mm -hmm. Max and Chris, uh, who are forced to live with their uncle Gustav, Gustav von Helsing, in Europe while their mother travels for work. Meanwhile, uh, Uncle Gustav has an apprentice or a personal assistant uh, who is an attractive young lady who lives with them, named Sophie.
1: And she's she's a teenager. She's 15. Yeah. So she's the young But she's not
0: related in any she way. Is she the, just comes over uh, yeah. and does the paperwork. Right.
1: She is the older son's age. Yeah. Uh, the older son is about 15, the younger son is about 10. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that that's the setup. They're living with their uncle Gustav, who is a Van Helsing. Who, who is a Van Helsing? And uh I'm not sure if they're going to school. There's, I think it's the summer. It's the the whole series takes place over a summer. I think so. So it's a very significant summer it's for a these, big these, summer. these yeah. kids. Summer, yeah.
0: A lot happened this summer. They,
1: they don't, yeah. They don't go to school. At one point, one of the older kids is seen trying to get a job. Uh, yeah. So I guess that's a summer job for him. I think so. I although think it's fair. Although it doesn't land the job, so I don't know.
0: Yeah.
1: What, what these kids are doing in their spare time other than Dracula-ing? Yeah, and, but,
0: and that's the other thing. Dracula is their neighbor.
1: As it turns out, <laughs> a character named ugh, Alexander Lucard.
0: Hang on, we'll give you a moment to get it. To,
1: could, do you get it?
0: You might need to write this down and like uh, rearrange the letters and like, in A Lucard, much like the hold, Kid in Monster Squad. Hold
1: it up in a mirror and uh <laughs> turns out A Lucard is Dracula and uh he this is Dracula re-envisioned as sort of Gordon Gecko. He's yeah. got he's got like a big blonde slick back hair and he's this tight t- tightened of industry now. He runs yeah. Lucard Industries which controls something or other. Uh, it, it seems like he has his hands in many pies, and many episodes of the show are mm.
0: Lucard gets in some sort of business deal that goes bad.
1: Or or he bites somebody and says, well, now I have control of this industry. Like <laughs> he, he bites somebody who's, like, president of another company, and now he has control of that company. Yeah. So, yeah, this this is Dracula reimagined as a yuppie.
0: And this was actually rather novel at the time. There really mm. hadn't been, like, a horror series, about Dracula or anything like this uh, in 1990, at least for a long, long time. I read an old interview uh, from when this uh, show came out with the creators. Uh, the show was created by Phil uh, Bedard and Larry Lalonde, who also worked on Kung Fu: The Legend Continues. And Phil Bedard wrote an episode of Man and Machine.
1: That yes, he did, and uh, <laughs> which we covered on Cancel Too Soon and was glorious. Uh, Larry Lalonde is the name of the guitarist for the band Primus.
0: Coincidence. Is, I think
1: not. Sadly, it is just coincidence. I would love to think that the guitarist from Primus, also like unbeknownst to Primus fans, worked on Dracula the series and a lot of other TV as well. No, it is a different Larry Lalonde. But
0: in any case, part of the mission statement for this series, according to the creators, was to sort of bring Dracula into the present day. And at the time, it was 1990. Mm-hmm. The 80s had only just ended. So, yeah, and but, we, we but, were thinking of the face of modern evil as... It's sadistic capitalist Gordon Gecko.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Clinton wasn't in office yet when they started shooting this. Mm-hmm. So the whole, and you know, Bush Jr. or Bush Sr. was kind no. of like just an extension of Reagan, really. Yeah, we were so, still in the uh, Reaganomics era. So yeah, this was still Dracula being re envisioned as sort of this, yeah, Reaganaut. Uh, it makes perfect sense at no, the time. It's fine. Uh,
0: and honestly, it, even, even if you remove
1: it, Mm. Uh, from that context,
0: if you even you look at it today, it really does feel like Dracula as Lex Luthor, as just this Uh, all-powerful superhero, uh, super villain, sorry, Mm. who is manipulative, kind of charming, Mm. and the fact that they can't ever kill Dracula in any episode means that the protagonists of the show develop this sort of begrudging relationship with Dracula. Yeah, and and in
1: fact, we'll talk about that in the the penultimate episode. Which is kind
0: of amazing. Uh, But yeah, after a while because he keeps running afoul of these kids, and something always happens so that he can't kill these kids. After a while, it seems they start accepting that they're just stuck together. They just can't
1: kill one another. And it's like,
0: Dracula is Mr. Wilson in Dennis the Menace. He's like, I can't (laughs) kill Dennis. But every time, like, Max shows up with a steak and says, let her go! Hmm. Dracula's just like, Oh, oh, Max, I'll deal with you yeah. in a moment.
1: <laughs> Look, <laughs> gonna, I'll snap you in half. I, yeah. I wish, I wish the show had ended with Dracula just snapping Max in half. We're uh, going to talk
0: about every episode of the show relatively briefly uh, because there's uh, a lot uh, of them. There's a uh, lot
1: and not a lot are necessarily significant. But Max
0: yeah. emerges. Max is the younger uh, kid. He's the one who's obviously sort of the audience surrogate because and the show aired in the mornings. The, I caught a the, couple the, the, episodes of this at around 10 or 11 a.m. on a Saturday. There's, there's
1: Max today. Max today
0: got rather sexy. See, I'm not going to deny
1: uh, it. M- in fact, Max uh, Max is about my age. He was yeah. he's one year younger than me. the uh, The actor is named Jacob Tierney, and uh, Jacob Tierney has gone on to direct short films, mm-hmm. and he has his own uh, musical uh, something or other. Yeah.
0: You might also remember him from the horror movie Pin. And mm-hmm. the Nickelodeon horror series Are You Afraid of the Dark, which uh, he was in many episodes He was of.
1: also Josh of Josh and S.A.M. fame. I
0: don't know that thing at all. <laughs> that doesn't, that, that there, means nothing to me. There
1: was a movie from the 90s about uh, two young kids who uh, are go on a crime spree, I think. I haven't seen it. I just, <laughs> oh. I just know that just it's, know? <laughs> What I, do you know about it? I know about it, it for uh, for sort of... A lot of people have pointed to it for nostalgic purposes. Ah. That, like, I loved it as a kid, and it's awful. <sighs> okay. It sounds like Daryl, but with mm. a Josh in it. Yeah, yeah.
0: In any the- case, uh, Max is the young kid, and it's it's Im- the implication is that he's supposed to be our surrogate, as that's kind of the demographic this show is made for, like 12-year-olds. Yeah,
1: very and much. And yet
0: he is the worst character in any show we have ever reviewed. Even minor supporting he's- characters per episode, Max is... Is awful, Look, I and I kept wanting to see him broken in half like a twig.
1: Uh, he's he's like Spritel Racer Spritel Racer without the charm. Uh, you describes him
0: as Spritel Racer if in every episode of Speed Racer Spritel wrecked the Mach Five.
1: Yeah, uh, so many
0: episodes, <laughs> so many people like die or become endangered because Max is an idiot.
1: Max does, like bumbles something. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he's. I can't speak to Jacob Tierney's acting talent today, but mm-hmm. at age 12, when the film was shot, he's his talents not were limited. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't quite <laughs> developed yet, I'll I, say that. And, and, and uh, honestly, his older brother,
0: uh, mm-hmm. who played by Joe Ronchetti, uh, Ron- the character, Ronchetti. Is it Ronchetti? Think, yeah. Uh, played by Chris Townsend, who you might recall no. from The Virgin Suicides, and he also did no, some J- voices on The Garbage Pail Kids.
1: Ronchetti is the actor. That's what R- I meant. You mixed him up. Okay. You, you, anyway. Joe
0: Ronchetti is the actor who plays the older brother Chris. Yes.
1: He's not that interesting. He's not it. that interesting. Either. He's he's well, an older
0: he's, he's like a teenager. He's interested he in has, girls. He has the, the and he plays guitar and he, that's it. He has
1: the typical teen interests from and, and from any sitcom you saw during 1990. Yeah. He is about as developed and has the exact same drives but has a lot less personality than Buster Bunny. Yeah. He's about there. Yeah. Uh, and he naturally develops a crush on the Mia Kirshner character.
0: Uh, uh, as well you would. She's a charming young lady. If you were mm-hmm. called Mia Kirshner, uh, who actually, of this cast, went on to have the biggest career. Yes. Uh, she uh, co-starred in the brilliant Adam McGowan film Exotica.
1: She's great in Exotica.
0: Yeah, uh, she was uh, on a couple seasons of 24 mm-hmm. as, as the, Mandy.
1: As the sort of like, feisty
0: assassin. Yeah, she was awesome on that <laughs> show. And, uh, but she really, really hit it big with the uh, series The L Word, in which she was one of the main stars. Mm. Uh, she's an incredibly talented, and you can see it in episodes of this show. There are episodes where she has something to do, and she's really good.
1: There's a lot of scenes where she has to interact with the other two, and you can see her not out-acting them, but being more professional and sort of taking the role a little bit more seriously, Mm -hmm. than these other two boys who were clearly just here to kind of have fun a little bit. Yeah.
0: Gustav von Helsing is played by Bernard Behrens, uh, who you'll recall from The Changeling and The Man with Two Brains, Uh, and Mm -hmm. Gustav von Helsing is, he's a vampire expert, but he's also, he's a funny guy He's kind of funny, he's, he's, got a, he's, he's got a good sense of humor, and he's starting to be annoyed that he's getting old. Mm. And I kind of like that. He's not just old, he's, he's not, not young, and, and, and able he's, to do stuff beyond his years uh, like any action hero. He's like in his 60s, and he's starting to have a bad back, and it's pissing him off, and there's a couple episodes when his confrontations with death make him realize that he's an old man who's gonna die soon, and there's a little bit of pathos to it, and it works.
1: A, a little bit. I think that's mostly the actor. He's, mm-hmm. he, he, his, he's just really his, his expression and his performance really brings that out, and I like the way he interacts with the kids. Yeah. He actually has a very warm relationship with these children.
0: Yeah, and that's something I think I picked up on, because again, I saw about two episodes of this show when it was originally on. Oh, wow, okay. And I remembered it kind of vaguely. I remembered two things about it. I remembered that I liked the relationship with with Uncle Gustav, and I really wanted Mm -hmm. an Uncle Gustav of my own to help me (laughs) fight vampires. Uh, And I also remembered the incredible theme song, Mm -hmm. uh, which is... Kind of this hip, kind of like jazzercise
1: kind of music. Well, it's it's it's. I don't want to say metal. It's like a hard no, not. hard hard rock theme, but it's with synths. With 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 synth and like a lot of bass yeah. and a, a whispering chorus of okay. Dracula. And, and, well, it's not Dracula. It's, it's Dracu 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 Dracula. Dracu, Dracu, Dracu. Dracu. <laughs> but meanwhile, under the background with synth, it's mm. but a yeah. bam 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 bam. It's pretty bam, amazing. Bam, bam. Yeah, yeah. Bam, 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 bam. That's totally awesome. uh, My introduction to Dracula, the series, was actually the theme song.
0: Yeah. uh, Which has, like, a weird cult behind it. Like, a lot of people know the song and don't know the show. Well,
1: uh, this is a weird uh, hobby of mine. I collect TV theme songs. I have Mm. hundreds and hundreds of TV theme songs in my (laughs) CD collection. And, uh, yeah, I I collected this uh, thing that was put out by the Sci-Fi Channel. And it had a lot of really cool theme songs from movies and uh, and TV shows, and they had one that was all devoted to horror, and uh, and also they threw in Mystery Science Theater because it didn't fit on any of the other collections. <laughs> but uh, yeah, one of them was Dracula the series. I think it was in between Friday the Thirteenth the series and Nowhere Man yeah. on the collection. And it's like, it's what, cool. what is this? I had to look up Dracula oh, the series. Oh, we got to do Nowhere
0: Man at some point. That well, show was we're cool. We're definitely
1: doing Nowhere. That's Man a long at some one point. too, but
0: that's a really good one. And then uh, the last member of the main cast uh, mm. is Jordi Johnson as Alexander Lucard who is the most soap opera handsome
1: fellow you've seen.
0: He's great. He's like a young Rucker Hauer. Like, he's really, really (laughs) handsome. And I gotta tell you, uh, the first couple episodes, and honestly the first, like, five or six episodes, Mm. you can tell they really don't know what the show is yet. As the show starts finding itself... Jordy Johnson becomes one of my
1: favorite Draculas. He's really, he's (laughs) he's charming, he's funny, but he's really evil, and I like that. He starts having more fun. He is getting a better handle as to what this Dracula is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, And... by the fifth episode, you realize that these characters will not be able to murder one another Yeah, because it's established in the first episode that they live practically next door. They can walk to Dracula's they, house they in can, a couple of minutes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, we have to run to Dracula's castle, and they just run there. Yeah, And it's not all night. They just sort of run over to his castle. So yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's it's almost like a sitcom where... You know, Van Helsing and Dracula are neighbors, yeah, and they're just always sort of bickering. And I wish they had had like a shared yard with a, a fence in between, yeah. So they could like throw things over the fence at one another it, and have arguments as well over the be fence
0: after a while. Because seriously, I lost track of. I wish I'd counted because I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how often this was happening until about a third of the way through the series. I think in every single episode, they break into Dracula's house. Almost
1: every single episode. They just sort of go there.
0: And after a while, Mm -hmm. they have this excuse, like, oh, we'll have to use the skeleton keys. And I'm like, because I'm like, Dracula, change the locks. (laughs) How are they getting in? How (laughs) Uh are you letting them in all the time? Do the servants just know him now? Because Dracula has zombies with, like, big Alice Cooper hair wearing tuxedos. And there's a great bit where someone's making inferior zombies, and yes. Dracula's offended. <laughs> a lot of episodes of this show have great like TV Guide one line descriptions that mm-hmm. I'm going to share with you as we go through the episodes. Uh, but yeah, just they just sort of saunter in. And again the other thing I'm going to make it clear about the show is it's it's rather short again it's a half hour set, uh show.
1: And thank goodness. Uh, oh, this show uh, could not sustain an hour. No, minute. no. It barely sustains half an hour. Uh but like the, and every half hour has two stories like a, yeah, a, a proper A an plot and a B plot. And uh
0: but it because it's small and it's relatively cheap they use the same four sets over and over again. You, every episode there's a lot of episodes where it's basically just inside the Van Helsing house. Dracula's living room and Dracula's office. Does it, yeah,
1: that's the majority well, and, and, of the show, and the the streets of the small Luxembourg town where they shot the series. But there are whole episodes that don't even have those. There's this, like this there's like a,
0: there's a fair number of bottle episodes for one season of a show that was already pretty cheap. And uh, a bottle episode for those who don't know is an mm-hmm. episode where all of the actors are confined into one location. It's a great way to save money if you run out of money on a season because you don't have to spend any money on new sets. <laughs> it happens a lot. Yeah, yeah they yeah. made fun of it on Community. It was pretty good. Um, so let's uh, let's let's run through it, shall we? As quickly uh, as we can. Okay.
1: Uh, well, the pilot just, just sort of sets up the premise. Yeah. Uh, so we can skip past much. It's called one.
0: Children of the Night. Uh, there's mm. one element I want to talk about, because uh, we already set up the premise ourselves. Mm. Uh, there's one element that they completely bungle in the pilot that pisses me off as someone who loves vampires and vampire lore. Okay. I had a box, like a cardboard box underneath my bed of anti-vampire
1: stuff. Okay. Like I just, sharpened a piece of wood. Just in case. Just in case. You never yeah. know.
0: No. It all works. Ended well, up not being necessary. A, but. a
1: friend of mine and I were trying to collect uh, things to uh, go through a werewolf ceremony so we could yeah. become werewolves at some point. So at we, the be- we, yeah. We, we had to.
0: We had to. That took me
1: like yeah. an werewolf ceremony? Yeah. Well, it, it, we, we found a book that said like what you need to do if you want to become a werewolf. So we decided to start collecting that, that stuff. The <laughs> problem is you need like a belt of human skin and mm-hmm. we couldn't get that.
0: Well, not easily.
1: Well, we, we and we didn't eBay re-
0: what didn't exist yet.
1: eBay didn't exist yet, yeah. and we didn't want to start asking around, so we just had some like knickknacks.
0: At the beginning of the episode, Max and Chris are going over to Gustav von Helsing's house, and they talk about vampires. It comes up somehow as like a gag, and Max throughout the
1: episode is eating a bag of poppy seeds. Yes. Now, first off who just eats well, poppy seeds they're not poppy seeds they're they're like large they look like sunflower seeds but they keep saying poppy seeds but they keep saying pop, poppy seeds are they're like sand they're yeah. like it's it's like look at a bagel full of covered in poppy seeds they're actually and they don't taste like much honestly
0: they're, they're for texture mostly yeah, yeah. yeah. that's you don't know, want eats that so that's weird but then you gustav you would need a spoon and that would be kind of weird looking gustav von helsing tells max oh did you know that vampires can't resist poppy seeds mm. and Sure enough, Max goes to Lucard's office Back when he thinks Lucard is just an associate of his mother's And mm-hmm. his mother was also in business just, some, just business Some sort of business The Hallmark requires... movie channel
1: business if yeah. you will uh, <laughs> Something that requires a lot of travel That's A lot all of we travel a lot it, of time right? away
0: from your kids That's the Hallmark yeah. movie channel quote unquote business, business That people get involved
1: in uh,
0: And Max spills the poppy seeds And Dracula immediately tells Max Well you have to go I'll take care of the poppy seeds yeah. And then Dracula just gets to his yeah. knees And, and starts spe- scooping up yeah. poppy seeds and eating them And that's not how that works The actual like myth and legend oh, dear. Of, okay, No here this we go. is weird all because right. it's weird uh-huh. Vampires drink blood. they do not supposed to eat human food. Mm. There's the the legend goes is that vampires are obsessive compulsive, and that if you drop a whole bunch of seeds or something, they have to, like, they clean have to them pick up. them yeah, up yeah. and count them. That's a that's a trope. The X Files use that trope. That's mm. a well established trope. Dracula changed it so they could just have this scene of
1: Dracula yeah, on scarfing his, down on his, his hands seeds. and seeds, eating poppy seeds. Yeah, like before. like oh what rule ah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh <laughs> the, the frustrating thing about that is it doesn't come back in the series at never all. They never 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 bring it back. In fact, they and play in, a little the, fast
0: and loose with their rules a couple a, of times on the show. And
1: a lot of the rules on this show are are really abandoned. In fact, uh, you'll find that Three of the characters we've talked about become vampires over the course of the show, and they all and get then, cured. And in they different all get ways. cured. And then in there's different anna- ways. And then there's another character named Klaus, who uh, I, I, you'll, you're going to talk about Klaus. You're gonna Klaus have to tell me fine. about. Klaus, I like Klaus. Klaus. Oh, okay. fine. I'm glad you like Klaus. All right, in
0: episode two, mm. Double Cross, mm. uh, Max dis- discovers that there is a huge, like, ancient relic cross that's on the wall of Uncle Gustav's house, and that this cross. Uh, won't let vampires enter the house it's the reason why Dracula doesn't just come over and kill them all the time
1: good good that they covered that good plot point
0: I like that get rid of it the second episode and we do see at one point that a vampire enters the house and the cross just shoots a lightning bolt at the vampire and the vampire just evaporates and it's kind of cool Um, But Max, while researching the cross, you know, doing his vampire lore, getting as invested as Uncle Gustav, Mm -hmm. finds out that these sorts of talismans need to be, like,
1: re-blessed or recharged every few years. So he takes the cross out of the house. Idiot fucking idiots! <laughs> <laughs> and he goes to like a creepy
0: church uh-huh. at, where not even the priest but like the uh, like grave digger is yeah there, there's just and he's this, all...
1: the sexton is there just sort of sweeping through the cemetery and, and he's,
0: he's just got dracula's like, uh, minion just written all over his face and max is just like oh i need to get this thing blessed and back to the house by nightfall and the guy's like, leave it with me. I'll take care of it and be completely trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And Max is like, okay. And but he it, just want to slap him.
1: <laughs> it, 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 but in, in a fun double back, it turns out that guy was completely trustworthy. He's, uh, <laughs> know, he, was just, he was just a guy. He was <laughs> I, kind of a creepy dude. That is actually really, really funny. Yeah.
0: And it turns out that Dracula did have a plan mm-hmm. uh, to kill Uncle Gustav and the kids, but it involved Uncle Gustav's visiting friends, uh, one of whom he had turned into a vampire. Yes. Or, uh, but it, it, it goes slowly enough that the cross didn't work the first time. Yeah. And it turns out if you become a vampire, but you haven't eaten anyone yet, like a liberal dose of holy water will just will clear that right up. The, it's like aloe vera and a, and a sunburn.
1: I, I'm glad actually that that there, there, that's turning into a vampire is not just sort of this instant inevitability in yeah. this universe uh, because it, it makes being turned into a vampire, something you can play with yes. without it having to be just the end game. Like yeah. you, can, you can turn somebody into a vampire, but there's a lot of ways to cure people. It, of it. saps consequence out of it a little bit. Though. Uh, it's fine, but this is not a consequence heavy show and it's yeah. called Dracula series. It stars Dracula, but I wouldn't necessarily describe it as a horror series. Really? Yeah. It has a monster in it and a few spooky scenes, but for the most part, it's, horror it, it's, themed. it's, it's like a horror themed adventure for kids. Yeah,
0: which is fine. <clears throat> it's, it's perfectly fine.
1: fine. One last
0: comment right, about right. Uh, episode two is that it ends with something really annoying. It turns out that the cross is so powerful that that particular one never needs to be recharged. And Max like, didn't know that. And that's yeah. why Max. But here's the thing. Max asked Uncle Gustav, when was the last time the cross had been recharged? And Uncle mm. Gustav, a little absent-minded, said it's been a few years. Uh-huh. So Uncle Gustav, he this would, is at least partially your fault he for would, not paying for. You would have, you have to know? say
1: no. This is like is like a papal cross yeah. or something. It's, like it's a just pu- a plot yeah. hole. It's just yeah. a big
0: plot hole. Uh, episode three, get a job, which is where we start getting to the fun TV guide uh. Uh, uh, descriptions of Dracula series. Uh, this well, week on now, Dracula's, you s-
1: you the order you're going to go in are the okay. order they came on your the videos you have. Yes. That is not broadcast order. Yeah. Uh, Get a Job is actually the 11th episode of the series. Okay. (laughs) But we can go. We're we're just going to do it in this for reasons
0: simpler. Uh, So, Get a Job. Uh Uh, The TV Guide description Dracula buys a counterfeit painting. The episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: the episode. (laughs) The main character, Chris, decides to get a summer job. He goes to an art gallery, and he gets a big crush on the hot art gallery owner. There's a lot of uh, sort of vaguely attractive older Canadian women for uh, for Chris to have a crush on in this series. Yeah. This, this There's like five place, or six of them. The show takes place
0: in, like, I guess it's Romania. Again, it was shot in Luxembourg.
1: They no- And but- they never establish where it is. There's an exterior scene, uh-huh. and I'm very proud of myself, where a character is reading a newspaper, and I thought that was a clue. And I looked up the newspaper. It turns out it's a French-language, newspaper that was only printed in Belgium. Mm-hmm. So they're definitely in the Belgian quarter of Luxembourg according to what has on screen. According so they're to what they not said. in Romania. They keep saying However, they're in Europe. They're in, quote, Europe. But it's a no, Canadian
0: production and no one has an accent except for Dracula.
1: Nobody, ha- nobody has an accent. Nobody speaks another language. There's no like, indication of what culture they're living not even in. even Gustav
0: von Helsing has an accent.
1: No. <laughs> Just and Dracula. Dracula has an accent, but I don't know where he's supposed to be from. Because he <laughs> He's doing something that's halfway between Bela Lugosi and the Swedish chef. (laughs) I have... He's... Like, his vowels change (laughs) from, like, situation to situation. I'm always He eventually settles into a solid accent, but you're not really sure exactly what it's supposed to be.
0: I'm always reminded of uh, when they did Highlander. Uh, and oh. Highlander, if you'll recall The original movie and everything else is always about this Immortal guy, and he was from Scotland But the movie stars Christopher Lambert, who isn't Scottish and doesn't play with a Scottish accent Or at least most of it And the argument was, he's been around a long time He's traveled
1: a lot, his accent is weird His accent has changed Yeah, it's hard to place it So I'm kind of, so how do you, I'm willing. Really, I'm very forgiving How do you explain the flashbacks where he's In ancient Scotland before he's been Around for a while and still has that I same don't. accent don't! Okay <laughs> That's uh, how he remembers it with his new accent. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> He's having flashbacks, but in his flashbacks, he has his new accent. Of
0: course. Uh, so, anyway, uh, so anyway, Chris. Or it, could,
1: or it could just be that Jeffrey Johns doesn't know how to do a dialect, but he was asked to anyway. Uh, you mean uh, 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 Geordie? Geordie. Excuse yeah. me. Geordie. I said Jeffrey Johns, didn't You I? did. His okay. It was Geordie. Geordie. Geordie that's, LaForge. That, that's why Geordie LaForge has a weird <laughs> accent.
0: In any case, Chris gets a job and he thinks. That the person he's working for is about to do some sort of horrible deal with Lucard and she's going to get killed. And it turns out she's trying to screw Lucard over by selling him a counterfeit counterfeit painting. And they're trying to tell the cops to try to save this woman from uh, Lucard and it turns out the cops are all Lucard's minions not because he's a vampire necessarily but because he's just rich mm-hmm. and uh which makes sense it's well, another plot hole that kind of gets glossed
1: over there's a lot of minioning going on but we never get a sense of like the size of his actual army uh be- yeah. because it's such a low rent production and they don't have like huge vistas and yeah. big cast they're to work really with they're really hazy about they're it. really hazy and, and so Dracula comes across as just sort of this one guy in this one room, mm. rather than this master of industry who actually rules over a lot. There's no, there's not even conversations about, and I'm going to do this in this country, and I'm well, going they have to a little take bit. over this in this country. Every once in a while, it's Here, like
0: you, there's like a bit where he like, finds enough. out Mount Vesuvius erupted again and destroyed all his holdings in Italy. Uh,
1: okay. You know, like, that's, yeah, that, that's, that's a plot that's point. That's like of one, one conversation. I know, it
0: happens it. a couple of times
1: is my point. It's but not a. It's not a lot. My point is that it doesn't happen often enough to give us a sense of sort of the the broad scope of his control. Absolutely, it was a cheap show. What are you gonna do? <laughs> so,
0: so that's so that's going on. But then it turns out that Dracula was working with the cops to catch art forgers. Mm-hmm. That that's great. That's the plot of this episode. I love this episode. Uh, I, I this would. it's
1: great. I would love a whole series about Dracula who <laughs> travels the world tracking down art forgers, wouldn't you? Yeah. All right. Let's. Right. What's, what's the next episode four. is the Boffin. Oh. Oh no, not yeah. this one. Okay. With
0: Doctor Sinjin Smythe, and it turns out uh, that there is a scientist who's dis- who's researching vampires, hmm. not going with the historical lore that Gustav knows, but trying to discover it all. Through the magic of science, and he is building a vampire gun, which is basically a proton pack that kills vampires
1: yeah, and presumably
0: anyone else. And, it, and it's, it's, it's a kinda, big laser.
1: The uh, the animated effect, in fact, looks a lot like the proton pack effect from Ghostbusters, where it kind of snakes through the air.
0: Yeah, and then the irony is, it turns out that Dracula has been actually funding the research, mm. which is odd because at the end of the episode, Dracula manages to get mm. his hands on the gun. And he just throws it in the fire because, oh, shit, it works. Mm.
1: Why would I keep that? <laughs> well, why would you fund it? Why no. don't you just kill the guy who wants to make it? What's the point? The the doctor was named John Smythe, yes. right? You, you know the, the significance of that name, right? Actually, no. That's a James Bond alias. Uh, it's from James Bond. I thought that sounded familiar. Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. that's kind of cool. That's kind of fun.
0: Um, this is also the episode where... Uh, the relationship between Sophie and Chris mm. starts to get more relationshipy, and they go out on a date, but they don't want anyone to know that they're going on a date. And Max keeps running from Gustav van Helsing's house to the laboratory over and over again, and he keeps walking past the restaurant they're having a date. So in. they have
1: to think you have to diving underneath the table. That's that's like a growing pains story. That's a different stroke story. Yeah, yeah. and they
0: never <laughs> do anything like that again. In fact, they actually forget this date ever happened.
1: But because they go on a date again, but they act like it's their first date the second yeah. time and it doesn't so,
0: matter if yeah. this is out of order one of those <laughs> is, 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 a, is a continuity error and they oh. forgot they ever had a first date within one season now uh,
1: Sophie is is pretty and she's capable. She doesn't have a lot of personality, but I can see why Chris would be attracted to she her. Has,
0: she gets more personality as we go along and we find out her taste in art. She gets a little bit more proactive in terms of her pursuit. She wants to be a musician. Right. That uh, happens but, later in the series. Right so now, she's ma- just pretty and around. Uh,
1: right. But, you know, even if she is just pretty and around, I can see why he would go for her. Sure. But I have no... He is just sort of this bland dude who hasn't yeah. really announced any of his interests yet.
0: He hasn't done anything cool. Yeah, he
1: hasn't done anything. They haven't even had much in the way of conversations beyond stuff about vampires. Yeah. and The protagonist of the not show are a, the worst part of the show. He's not a talented enough actor to really infuse the character with some sort of personality. Yeah. So I'm wondering why she would go for him at this point in the series.
0: There's this weird bit mm. uh, where... Oh, well, we'll talk about it later. We'll All talk right. about it. There's, a, there's an episode where he and Sophie start a band together, and we'll talk about that. Uh, the, the next episode is The Vampire Solution, in which it turns out there oh, used to God. be a cure for vampires, but the plant went extinct, and they managed to find a couple of dried sprigs of it in an old journal. So naturally, a whole bunch of characters from the show get turned into vampires, and we have to use up all of it mm. in order to keep them from. In- that's inclu- it,
1: including Uncle Gustav.
0: Yeah, Uncle Gustav gets turned into a vampire, and that gets turned back again, and then we but, no longer have a vampire cure.
1: And, and here's what here's the idiot thing Max does in this episode. He accidentally mixes up the vampire solution with a protein drink.
0: Yes. So <laughs> they think Slap. they have. A, so they think they have. Uh, uh, a vampire cure. Uh. Meanwhile, Max takes the vampire cure and develops force lightning that shoots from his fingertips uh. and attacks Dracula.
1: I hate Max so much. Max
0: sucks so bad. <laughs> I really hate Max. This is also the episode where we meet Dracula's uh, apprentice,
1: best man, friend. Oh. This is this is where we meet Klaus. Uh, it's, this is the introduction it's, of Klaus it's, I, I'm not Yeah I'm not really sure what the relationship is I guess he's just sort of uh, A particularly powerful minion
0: And we find out the significance of Klaus in the next episode But in this yeah. episode uh, Klaus, who is played, uh, by Gerard Wynn Davies, who you might know as Detective Knight from Forever, Forever. Night. Well, a lot a of the- very v- popular TV show from the 90s about a cop who was also a vampire.
1: And, and a lot of pe- the people who worked on this show also worked on Forever Night. Yeah. Not, not just the, like, the writers, the producers, the creators. They were- there was a lot of incest going on. Yeah.
0: Forever Night has a big cult. Nobody remembers Dracula the series. So, maybe that should tell and you something. draw your
1: own conclusions. So, this
0: is his evil vampire- Uh, And he is camping it up, and his only thing he has with Dracula is that they keep quoting Shakespeare at each other, and I guess Klaus is better at remembering what scene Mm -hmm. and act, various things. Act 2,
1: scene 3, no, act 3, scene 2.
0: And what they Mm -hmm. say is, they keep referring to it as Henry 5, act 3, scene Uh 2.
1: Henry 5? Yeah, people say Henry 5. Some people people say Henry V as well. Uh. Not everybody says Henry V. It's fine. That's uh, that's a thing.
0: All right, all right. I'll let it go. All right, I will let it go.
1: And uh, isn't it implied that that in in that episode that Dracula also met Shakespeare, like knew Shakespeare? At one oh time? yeah.
0: And, uh, and in a later episode, in a bottle episode, we find out
1: that Dracula gave Shakespeare some of his better ideas. <laughs> uh, also, that he knew uh, uh, Vincent Van Gogh personally.
0: Yeah, and they, Vincent Van Gogh actually made a portrait of Dracula. Oh. How nice.
1: Uh, not not just one, two portraits of Dracula. Oh, yeah. As it turns out,
0: <laughs> oh, no, I think I th- I think one of those was only in a dream.
1: Oh yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, okay, okay you're right.
0: So in any case, uh, Klaus is an asshole, and they defeat Dracula again, yeah. and everyone gets turned out of a vampire, but they no longer have the vampire cure. In episode six, we find out that the reason why Klaus isn't just any other minion is that he's actually Gustav's son.
1: Yeah, and Gustav, Which is cool. That's what's well, drama and, to it. And uh, g- since Gustav is such a good actor, we really get sort of the, the pain of him learning that his son is uh, not just a vampire, but Dracula's assistant. Yeah. And, uh, and it's here that... Klaus's role uh, begins to turn into something kind of tragic and big and a lot more interesting than Dracula. Yeah, uh, because there's a real emotional connection there. there. Well, there's a real emotional connection, and Klaus, in in this episode—well, I mean, he'll come back in, like, two or three other episodes. Yeah, he's not
0: killed, he's just defeated for a while. He's sort
1: of defeated, and— He starts to sort of come across as the series kind of main villain uh, in that he's the one who wants to sort of outdo Dracula and be more vicious than Dracula. Dracula is a lot more mellow and this guy's kind of uh, uh, much more of a monster.
0: Dracula has learned to live with human beings, adapt Mm -hmm. to human culture, and he wants to take over the world. But he kind of wants to do it more or less the right way (laughs) financially. He wants to be Mm -hmm. Trump. And uh, (laughs) Klaus is... A homicidal maniac who will just kill anyone and he doesn't care and he figures well, who cares we're vampires he's basically Stephen Dorff in Blade and well, more Dracula less, yeah, is more that's... like Udo Kier in Blade <laughs> <laughs> that's fine that's a good it's, analog it's, it's okay a perfectly good uh, yeah. uh, thing and what we find is that actually there are quite a few vampires uh, Dracula is not king of the vampires in fact not every vampire
1: has even heard of Dracula in this universe which is kind of interesting and well, we well that. he's been he's been in disguise hence yeah. hence his clever 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 alias yeah he, he doesn't want people to know that he was Dracula this whole time.
0: Yeah. Uh, although we did find out
1: that there was a book. That the, the,
0: the Bram Stoker Bram, did write a book.
1: Bram Stoker wrote a book based on him. Yeah, and initially well, it, he that's, was actually
0: very upset, but then he realized that gave him plausible deniability, not unlike Catherine Trammell in Basic Instinct. <laughs> what, you think I'm Dracula? That guy
1: from that book? <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, well, that's, but you know what? That folds into fact, because mm-hmm. uh, Vlad Tepes, ever, ever at this point everybody knows that Dracula was based on a real person. Sure. And uh, yeah, Everything in the book is made up by Bram Stoker, but it's based on a real person, so it kind of links to fact. Yeah. So yeah, now there's this fiction that we have about Dracula. That's how we know Dracula. Yeah. But um, uh, what if, but if Vlad Tepish really is out there, he'd be he he would be pleased as punch that there's this fiction about him that lets him keep up his false identity. Yeah, I
0: love Dracula's ego on this show. He really, mm. really is uh, full of himself.
1: Well, he has that uh, 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 Hannibal Lecter quality too yeah. him, where he's He's a monster, he murders people, but he wants to do so with good manners.
0: Yeah, you kind of like him for it. Like, you can't even really be that mad. He
1: has good taste, he's a refined dude, and as the series goes on, uh, Dracula does become much more refined and sophisticated, even though he still has that same stupid monster face in every episode.
0: (laughs) Uh, In episode seven, A Little Nightmare Music, Mm. Dracula gets his portrait drawn by a street vendor. Also, Sophie is hired by a Contessa. (laughs) (laughs) I love the descriptions of these episodes.
1: So, Sophie uh, wants to get a job, and she, yeah, becomes sort of the ward of this Contessa, who big surprise, is also a vampire. No surprise there. And she's Uh,
0: much like uh, the painting episode with Chris, she's concerned that the Contessa is gonna fall into business with Dracula and get killed and or turn into a
1: vampire. But it turns out she's trying to destroy vampires herself, so. Uh, Well, the Contessa is a vampire. Contessa is a vampire.
0: Yeah. Mm. And she doesn't even know who Dracula is, and she's gonna take over Dracula's empire, Mm. and Dracula has to kill her. Which becomes a theme, actually, of Dracula having to defend himself from more vampires than the kids do, which is kind of fun and really opens up the series a bit. It gives Dracula something to do besides
1: be the baggage. In fact, don't the the kids lead vampires to Dracula more often than not? Like, they discover the vampires, and that's how they invade Dracula's life?
0: A couple of times I think that happens. Yeah. It's pretty pretty bad. Uh, In episode eight, Mm -hmm. the best episode of the show.
1: Oh, is this the uh, the what a pleasant surprise? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is the best episode this, of the show. Okay.
0: So this show started off pretty rocky. The tone was was bad. Mm. Um, it the acting was kind of all over the place. Some of the actors are good. Some were not. In episode eight, mm. it actually. Starts finding a groove. And I'm not going to say it ever gets great, but it starts being really enjoyable, well, I think, from
1: here on out. It, it, was, it was here where the show cracked me. Now, yeah. this will happen with any show you watch long enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you stay with a show long enough, no matter how bad it is, you're going to start to get a little bit charmed by its efforts. It starts becoming and family. You can only be so ex- mad exactly. at it. Exactly. Yeah. So and by the time we got to this episode, I had been living with it for just long <laughs> enough. That it it kind of became a friend. I'm not going to start saying that the show is good. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's pretty terrible, in fact. Uh-huh. Uh, I would argue this episode is good. This episode is. It, it, it made you realize that the creators actually had some sort of loving idea and cared about the show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the first few episodes, you can you couldn't tell. The, mm-hmm. There was it's no just voice. Another
0: random show that's. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the Lost Boys in, versus in, Dracula. In
1: this yeah. one, you can tell they actually like have some ideas and they're trying some stuff out. Mm-hmm. So in, in this one... Uh Dracula buys an oh. old movie theater. Yeah, uh, and sorry. nobody's. Oh yeah, read Dra- the TV. The TV, TV guide, guide yeah.
0: uh, description would be: Dracula tries to buy an old movie theater, and Sophie likes
1: muesli. <laughs> and Sophie likes muesli. That is it, that is the subplot in the open in the opening <laughs> scene. She's eating a lot of muesli. Trying so, to get everyone else to eat muesli. No the, one wants to they know. they will say it tastes like birdseed. This episode brought to you by muesli. <laughs> well, m- Mues was a thing. Mm-hmm. I, I say muesli. I ate some. Yeah, okay, I ate some mueslix But
0: it turns <laughs> out. Uh, Kashi. The, the episode opens with Uncle Gustav and Max going to see an old vampire movie, a fictional vampire movie. In a silent vampire movie. A silent vampire. Was, was the movie silent? It was a silent movie. Starring Kim Coates. Mm. Rock solid character actor Kim Coates. Uh, what do people know Kim Coates from?
1: Oh gosh, I don't know. I, uh, I, I mean, can't you, think right now. You, you know him um, from,
0: uh, uh, look him up. He's been in everything. Right. Um, and he's often playing the bad guy. And Kim Coates is basically this Lon Chaney uh, silent, vil- uh, uh, silent vampire silent but, movie star, but by way of Bela Lugosi, kind of yeah. combining them both. And he died long, long time ago, obviously. Hmm. And Dracula is going to buy up the movie theater. Uncle Gustav is looking into why would Dracula give a damn? Hmm. And it turns out that Kim Coates' character was actually turned into a vampire and has been hibernating underneath the theater. Low these many decades waiting as, for his comeback. Well,
1: as it turns out, and here's here's the sad irony. Yeah, uh, he he wanted immortality on the screen, mm-hmm. and he wanted immortality in life. Yeah, he figured, hey, I play a vampire. If I become a vampire, I'll live forever, and I can just sort of extend my fame indefinitely. And sure enough,
0: Dracula Drac- even tells him to mm-hmm. Dracula, who turns out made him a vampire, uh, that as a vampire you can transform into other things. And we do see Dracula turn into bats, and I think and other characters
1: from time to time. Uh, yeah. Not
0: often, like that that kind of. Once double, or twice yeah, but yeah. That one's a huge can of worms I think they avoid it a lot um, But yeah and But the irony is You can't be picked up on a camera
1: Yeah Dude, <laughs> Vampires don't photograph As had been previously established in the show so, Irony number two uh, Kim Coates'
0: character Faints at the sight of blood Yes Which is great <laughs>
1: Okay, here's what Kim Coates was in. Uh, Another show that this whole team worked on, and I wish we could talk about it, but we can't because it lasted three seasons, Mm. but Rin Tin Tin, Canine Cop from 1988. Uh, Blind Fear, the Amityville Curse, that's the fifth film, I think, in this series. Okay. Uh, It was the bad guy in The Last Boy Scout. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was in Innocent Blood. Oh, I love Innocent, Innocent Blood Blood's so really tasty. much. That's, that's a
0: great underrated horror movie if you've never seen it. It's basically, uh, if you ever saw American Werewolf in London, this is a
1: French vampire in America. <laughs> uh, he was in a TV movie called Model by Day.
0: Okay, I'm not uh, sure that's he, the one that really single he, out here. He
1: was in uh, the Robocop series. He was in Waterworld. Yeah. He played a bad, he was in Bad Boys.
0: Yep. He, he play, was in the uh, He was in
1: Unforgettable he had a really good role. Continues. He had a really good
0: uh, role in the underrated Kevin Costner film
1: Open Range. I oh, recall. there you go. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good movie if you haven't seen yeah, that the, movie. He, uh, he was in Nightman. We'll be talking about oh, Nightman We'll talk about a bit, Nightman. Yeah. Uh,
0: so anyway, there's a lot. He's yeah, been in yeah, a lot, yeah. a lot of stuff. He's a really hard working character actor, and he really gives this character his all. He doesn't phone it in. It's actually interesting to see because this is the first time we've seen a vampire who wasn't just kinda likable, but genuinely sympathetic. Yeah, Who wasn't just turned into a vampire and became a homicidal monster, which really makes you wonder how evil Klaus must have been before he became a vampire. <laughs> uh, and uh, and then it turns out he wants to take his revenge on Dracula. He's been building power. The older you are as a vampire, the more powerful you are, so that he can finally kill Dracula. There's a big fight with Dracula. Dracula just sort of absconds after a while.
1: He, just, he turns into bats and
0: flies away. Yeah, And then Kim Coates says, fuck it, and kills himself. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah, i it's, it's sad. It's just, it actually it's, it's it's an emotionally involving it episode. It's not great,
1: but it's, it's as good as this show gets and it's pretty good. And and sadly it's you know the, it's budget budgetary seams start to show because uh-huh. you realize the big cl- climax of this is you know they're in essentially a high school auditorium and it's two uh-huh. guys in capes kind of just rolling around on the floor. <laughs> it's like and but this that's is this charming, is the battle of the age, but yeah there's 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 definitely charm to that. Yeah.
0: Um, okay, oh, so at the end of the episode, uh, Max and Chris's mom comes back.
1: Oh, this is the B-plot. She's just sort of yeah. there, and they have to hide the fact that they're
0: yeah. hunting vampires. But it turns out, in the next episode, the Dracula has turned her into a vampire.
1: Well, and this this show is actually really good about giving you the little bit of cliffhanger right at the end.
0: Every once in a while, not well, every episode, but there's like two there's or a couple two or three ones, yeah.
1: episodes where they just they pull this big sort of switch on you, which feels like a season finale, but is really just sort of a carryover. Yeah. So yeah, it turns out mom's a vampire, mm-hmm. and uh, in the next episode, it's all about mom being a vampire. Mm-hmm.
0: And Drac even talks about not even killing Chris and Max, but becoming their new dad, which is kind of creepy, actually. Mm-hmm. Like it's actually like an, an insidious well, that, in a different way. That's,
1: that's Lost Boys. It is the Lost Boys, but it
0: also creates this more interesting dynamic between Dracula and the kids. Well, we where it's not just him trying to kill them; it's him trying to basically insinuate rule
1: himself. them. Yeah. Uh, well, and and by the at this point in the series, you realize that they can't just sort of kill each other. So now mm. they have to sort of reestablish the power dynamic, and that's yeah. this is an interesting way to go with it. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to marry your mom. I'm going to be stepdad, Dracula.
0: <laughs> stepdad Dracula sounds Step, like a good show. Stepdad
1: Dracula could have been the title of the show. a pretty
0: good show, actually. I, I would have paid to see it. In any case, mm. um, it's actually... Mom kind of is into it. Like, mm. she's really kind of creepy about it. But then the power of love... Breaks the well, curse she, and she forgets it all ever we, happened we, and she leaves. Since
1: she forgets it all, it ha- it all happens. We can see that becoming a vampire also kind of alters th- your brain chemistry, I suppose, and the way but, you think. But Camus
0: didn't get altered all that much, though. So I, it's got to be some. There's got to be some line that doesn't get yeah, crossed, right? But
1: I guess he, like Dracula, did more Dracula magic on her or something ah. such that, like, hypnotized her in some way. Well, I guess so that's fine. Uh, she, the thing that cures her of being a vampire, it turns out, was just love. Yeah. She loves she loves that obnoxious little brat Max so much So rather than slap him across the face and tell like him we, we get all a job, want him to, well, we all want her. She to, yeah. she looks at she looks at his stupid stupid face and says, "Oh, I love you, Max. I'm not a vampire anymore." And she's just not a vampire anymore, and yeah. she forgets everything, so we can kind of just move on with right. the series.
0: In episode ten, mind over matter, Gustav exposes TV psychics, and Max finds Dracula's decoy coffin.
1: Okay. This was during a time when uh, the amazing Randy Mm -hmm. was going after uh, the Spoonbender. Uh Yuri Geller. Uh, Yuri Geller. I almost yeah. said Yuri Gagarin. But Yuri Geller. His...
0: Yuri Geller's basically forgotten now, which I think is fine. Uh, but he was uh, a big hit on the talk show circuit, and he, he claimed to a... bend spoons with his mind. He was a TV psychic. He was a TV so... psychic, but he claimed to be real, and he, mm. there are people who believed him. And, and it turns made... out everything he did was a hoax. It, well, it should have been obvious from the get-go, but, of course, but it's been completely disproved. Of course it
1: was, but right. you know, he's making a lot of money. And uh, yeah. this one magician slash like rock star skeptic, because yeah. there's there's a there's a class of rock star skeptic True magicians are skeptics because they know how the tricks work. Right? He, he, for some reason, he became obsessed with Yuri Geller and decided to wanted to embarrass and, and expose him on camera, and and the, the rivalry just. It, there's a whole movie about it called "An Honest Liar" about yeah. James, all about James Randi. But uh, yeah, that that was this dramatized in Dracula the series. Gustav yeah. is the, the amazing Randi character, and this obnoxious Brooklynite lady was mm-hmm. the the yeah. psychic.
0: Yeah, she's a, she's a psychic. She claims she's a psychic. She has a husband who helps her, and they they mm-hmm. scam people. But it turns
1: out, waka waka, she's actually a real psychic. She, well, and, she, and she even says, "I have these powers. I just can't can't turn them on and off." You know? Yeah, and, I'm
0: not and, I'm not psychic on command. Well, and, so uh, and I, think, I use some
1: trickery as well. Uh, I think a lot of people do have kind of weird intuitions that they can't explain. That's but fair. but I don't think people can make a living doing that. So uh, yeah. yeah, if it was that, be- beware somebody who asks money for psychic powers. I think. Yeah. You can do your psychic thing, but it's going to come to you randomly.
0: I think that's probably why <laughs> I, I like Whitney Seibold's theory about psychic powers.
1: That's my theory about and psychic guess, powers.
0: Uh, so uh, meanwhile, again, Max and Chris and Sophie just happen to find Dracula's tomb. They don't tell Uncle Gustav because they think it'll be a pleasant surprise if they kill because, Dracula without him.
1: Look, look Uncle Gustav, we, yeah. we brought you Dracula's head. But
0: it turns out that Dracula uh, doesn't actually sleep in that tomb. In fact, where Dracula sleeps, because Dracula's, Dracula's, vampires do have to sleep. Dracula,
1: uh, Dracula's have to sleep. Dracula's got to sleep. Turns out Harry's father was a Dracula. Uh,
0: <laughs> deep cut, but I like that. That's a good <laughs> obscure reference. Um, uh, but in any case, he has to sleep somewhere. We don't see him sleeping anywhere. He talks about going to sleep somewhere, but we never find it. They think they found his tomb, but it turns out Dracula knows he has enemies, and he has one tomb that's kind of easy to find, so just to throw his
1: enemies just off. Just to throw
0: his enemies off the trail, and, it, and, everyone, and and
1: again, it's within walking distance of the kid's house. Of they just sort it of is. wander over there.
0: Uh, so we don't find out where Dracula actually sleeps in this episode. We do eventually, uh, and it, what a twist!
1: There uh, well, we got a lot to unpack with that's that. A, that's but
0: yeah. a big one. Uh, and but everyone converges. The psychic, her husband, Uncle Gustav. Everyone turns out the psychic's husband is a vampire, and he's never heard of Dracula. And he tries and, to and be, also he, he tries to out Dracula. Dracula. He's
1: also not well. I got the impression that he had just recently become a vampire because he's not a very good vampire, and uh, he mm. tries to turn into a bat and he turns into a bunny. Yeah. That, and, that's, uh, and I thought that was actually kind of hilarious. <laughs> it's kind of funny, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so that's that episode. Doesn't really go anywhere. Mm. Uh, episode 11, Double Darkness. Uh, Dracula versus Nosferatu.
1: That, which is kind of fun. That's a cool idea. When we first see Nosferatu, they they have the same monster makeup they put on him as they put on Dracula. And for a split second, I thought it was the same actor. <laughs> and I thought that would have been really cool. If it was sort of like Dracula versus like evil Dracula. Yeah.
0: Turns out Dracula and Nosferatu are two different people. Nosferatu mm. it has... Dracula betrayed Nosferatu a long time ago. I think it's because apparently uh, Nosferatu forgot to wake up Hitler on D-Day. Uh, Ha 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 in any case, Nosferatu has <laughs> hey, been—they're evil vampires.
1: I they know, know, they it's, know
0: Hitler. I just, it's fine. I forgot to wake him up on D-Day. That's why D-Day worked. Because that, Hitler slept in. Hitler
1: slept in. If Hitler, if Hitler had been there, that's the part I'm going. Eh, <laughs> Hitler would have mowed down the American forces with his laser <laughs> arms. I don't, I don't know what the hell they were thinking, but yeah.
0: In any case, Nosferatu has been like toppling Dracula's empire. He's been like doing like a buyout and like destroying his industries. <laughs> he got Mount Vesuvius to erupt somehow that's part of Nosferatu's plan <laughs> and uh, and they fight and Max shows up in mid fight and Dracula's like not now <laughs> and this is the point where Dracula's just like I, he's just so annoyed he's just annoyed <laughs> he just, just he just waves them mm-hmm. off they're, they're nothing they're a to you know, him you
1: know what Max is Max is not the main character from Small Wonder, although he's just as annoying. He's that, like, obnoxious red-haired neighbor girl who's just sort of always wandering in. He's, <laughs> he's the main character, but he's also Urkel at the same time. Yeah,
0: that's mm. about
1: right. Mm. Episode 12, the worst title out of
0: many bad titles, The Great Tickler. Mm-hmm. This is a bad one. Although it's uh, got one of my favorite Dracula moments in it. Okay. uh, Uh, This is the episode where we meet Mycroft Tickler, who is the brother of Dr. Sinjin Smythe. They're identical twins. They're played by the same actor.
1: Uh, Sinjin Smythe, who invented, as you may recall, that vampire laser gun, which will make a a reappearance in this episode.
0: The great Tickler is uh, uh, a... Tickles the Ivories, he's a pianist Mm. uh, and uh, Dracula wants to use him to get Sinjin Smythe back to rebuild the vampire gun because now Dracula realizes a vampire gun's a handy thing to have, isn't it? There's a lot of vampires who don't like him right now and he's probably best to have a good weapon
1: not a terrible plot point
0: but there's this well, it's, bit that's
1: very Saturday morning cartoon all of a sudden but it makes but, yeah. sense
0: based on what we've already seen in the show it's not like they forgot a vampire gun exists that's they remembered true, really it that's and true. they brought it back but there's <laughs> they, they forgot about the poppy seed thing but whatever my favorite bit is when the, he takes Uncle Gustav and he puts him in a, one of those rooms with walls that close in on you and the walls have spikes mm-hmm. and uh, he turns I think to Max or something Max
1: says oh a shrinking room I always wanted one of those no, no Max says that and uh. so does Dracula
0: Dracula <laughs> says I saw this in a movie once and I always wanted one. <laughs> and Max says the same, same thing, thing. Which is pretty funny. Um, in any case, Dracula well, gets We'll, we'll get
1: gun. into time travel. Maybe Max and Dracula are the same person. Ooh, that'd be kind like. of fun.
0: Um, in any case, that's basically...
1: Yeah, and he, and Dracula has the gun, but right. but he never uses it again. He just no, he, he has it. Never it, and we, it never comes up again.
0: Episode thirteen, bad blood, the AIDS episode. Yeah,
1: this is the the VDE episode. Uh, Dracula bites. Now this has a character in it that I wish the entire series was about. Okay. And that is the vampire doctor. The
0: vampire doctor is a great creation. Uh, I've never seen that before.
1: Never seen that. So Dracula bites uh, just some guy on the street and it turns out he's got something in his blood that makes vampires sick. Which you'd think Uh, would be AIDS and it might as well be, but they're pretty nonspecific. It's just, it's something that affects only vampires. Uh, It turns out this guy is also dating Sophie. Mm -hmm. We learn later on. And he's, he's one of those like hipster existentialists who says, I I think I remember what he says. Like, Mm. I am air, and you are fluid, and together we are solid. Yeah. He, he says all kinds of stupid poetic garbage. Yeah. So
0: Dracula uh, is sick, and he's like fa- yeah. in a sheet in his living room, and he calls in a vampire doctor to get a there's, look at him.
1: There is there's a doctor, a human doctor, if I recall. I think he's human. I'm he's, not sure. I, I think he's a human doctor, but he's very ghoulish. Yeah. In, in a parallel universe, he's played by Tom Waits. And uh,
0: <laughs> I was going to say Angus Scrim or, or
1: Angus Scrim yeah, yeah. is or, or or yeah somebody who can really pull out the spooky and. He knows how to treat vampires, and he go, uh, I imagine he goes from vampire to vampire. Yeah. Cure. Now, vampires are mortal. They can't die of these sicknesses, but they can stay sick forever, I well, imagine. Well, theoretically, then, they could die, so, yeah. So yeah, he has to cure vampires. What an interesting idea for a series. The vampire doctor? Yeah, that's the kinda neat. Spooky mean. vampire doctor who has to I travel just, around treating vampires? I think they said the whole vampire support class is kind of interesting. Mm.
0: And he talks about and there's actually something that he talks about that I really appreciate that they covered, uh, which is we've seen Dracula this Dracula series is one of those vampire shows where vampires can walk around during the day, but they lose their powers, which really is in Bram Stoker's novel, but yes. no one likes that plot point. And well, everybody likes it. the
1: nighttime. like like The whole thing with vampires sort of exploding when sunlight hits them, and it's all about like UV rays, and people uh-huh. are carrying around ultraviolet lamps and burning yeah. vampires. Like that's No. That's not really <laughs> that's it. It's not, fun,
0: it's, but that's not it at all. Yeah. Um, in any case, he talks about how, yeah, you can do that. It's bad for you. <laughs> you know, it turns out that a lot of the things that Dracula has done throughout the series, he can technically do them, but it's like having a high cholesterol diet. It's mm. not good. So walking about in the sunlight, not sleeping, which mm. apparently Dracula doesn't bother doing a lot of the time, mm. eating normal food, and we've seen him do that on multiple occasions, biting just anyone. Apparently all of those are like really bad health mm. risks for vampires. <laughs> which I like. <laughs> I yeah, like yeah. That's, that's actually pretty clever. It's, I It's like, like that. eating <laughs>
1: junk food and having unprotected sex, which yeah. yuppies weren't doing. There was a lot of the sort of health craze, uh, apart from the cocaine, yeah. but there was a lot of health craze going on. They
0: talk a bit about good blood versus bad blood and dracula describes good blood as i hate a film critic at can which i which i was a bit flattered
1: uh-huh. <laughs> i actually thought but that fil- was kind of nice we film critics are good blood so if you ever get attacked by a, a yeah. vampire know that you're nourishing them well
0: it turns out that the cure for dracula's illness is in like the waters of this uh uh river Body of water somewhere, but But the body of water is being polluted by Dracula's industries, which is a fun little bit of irony. Uh, In any case, at the end of the episode,
1: Sophie gets turned into a vampire. By that thug dude. Yeah, which
0: is kind of cool, actually. And it's
1: it's revealed right at the end, so it rolls into the next episode, which is... Sophie, uh, Queen of the Night. And it's all about how she's a vampire, and this also speaks to... Uh, that when you become a vampire, you're, like, kind of hypnotized or brainwashed in some sort of way, because mm-hmm. she changes immediately. Yeah. She, and this is this is a common trope. We talked about this on Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. Oh, I'm so
0: glad this ties into Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. Well, just,
1: we were trying to think of, like, what are the common stories you see on, uh, mm. like, Saturday morning shows a lot, like oh, cartoon yeah. shows, and one of, one of them inevitably comes to where somebody is brainwashed or hypnotized or takes some sort of elixir that turns them from good to evil. Yeah. And they behave completely differently. Yeah. And that happens to Sophie in this episode. It's a stock Chuck Norris story. But
0: Mia Kirshner plays it to the nines. She's way more She's way more uh, I feel um, like
1: she finally felt like she had something to do in this episode. Yeah, Because Sophie is kind of the boring good girl in a lot of ways. Yeah, She's really demure and kind of just vaguely intelligent and always decent. And this is the first time where she actually gets to have interests beyond her vague interests that she had before. Yeah. Um, and anyway, she's she's a lot more confident, a lot oh. more uh,
0: sexual, um, and it turns out that Chris manages to cure her by putting the cure on the waters of the cured Dracula because she was turned by the uh, guy with the bad blood on, uh, on his on lips. Yeah. So it's the old before. end of Batman and
1: Robin Gambit. <laughs> Peels off the rubber <laughs> lips. Rubber lips sink ships. Uh, <laughs> No, well, she she's sort of cornered him and says, you know, I'm, I'm going to bite you now. But mm. but but Sophie, we've had this kind of on off maybe relationship thing going on. It's like, yeah. oh, well, yeah, that's true. So before you bite me, kiss me. OK. And then he pulls out like this little vial and rubs the, the liquid yeah. on his lips and says, sorry, I'm self-conscious. Oh, yeah. Which, he, he does which, like, the primatee. Like- <laughs> he, he, he does the little binaca. And yeah. <laughs> I think that's great because, you know what, boys do that. They, they did back teenage then. Teenage back boys when that was the did that, yeah. when, that was when, when everybody had those little spray, yeah. sprayers of binocca. Now you which, just get some gum or something, but yeah. But yeah, those... Uh, teenage boys love that binocca. A, because it's sort of like a snack. And it was kind of classy. It's kind of classy. Yeah. It, it makes it look like you're... It makes you feel like you're going to get kissed inevitably at any moment. Mm-hmm. And it's flammable.
0: Yeah. <laughs> at the end of this episode, Sophie is back. Mm-hmm. Uh, all is basically well. And it looks like but Chris she, and Sophie are finally going
1: to get together. And But this, she remembers, though. She's not... Yes. She doesn't have the amnesia that the mom Well, she got, also so. always knew about vampires.
0: Maybe that makes it easier. Maybe so. But, uh, yeah. Whatever. Who cares? And uh, so, But they're about to get together. They're about to kiss. The doorbell
1: rings and Chris's girlfriend from America shows up. Two cliffhangers in a row. Isn't that nice? Isn't that fun? So yeah, uh, this is uh, uh, Alexa, I believe her name was. Yeah, and it bleeds
0: into episode 15, My Girlfriend's Back and There's Gonna Be Trouble. That's the title of the episode? They start getting really cute with those titles what by the that? end of the show. <laughs>
1: uh, now, to, to be fair, Alexa, Is an interesting person. And she actually has a little bit of drama. Mm -hmm. Like she's going through some bad times. Mm -hmm. She's not just an interloper. She's actually a a whole person, which puts Chris in the awkward position of having to say, Well, I want to get back with Alexa. In fact, she's very vulnerable. I want to pursue. Yeah. So she's actually looking to get back with Chris.
0: Yeah. Because she genuinely cares about him. And also, uh, her father is a a big American businessman, mm -hmm. uh, but his industry is failing and he's going to try to do a hospital takeover of dracula's corporation which goes about as well as you'd think
1: Uh, uh, there's a lot of begging at the end of that episode it's basically
0: donald trump tries to alpha male dracula (laughs) and gets fucking schooled and it's actually
1: really satisfying it's actually a pretty fun scene well it's it, it it's funny because it's a constant reminder that I mean, every episode, there's a constant reminder that Dracula is not just an evil monster. He's, he's a businessman, and mm-hmm. everything is about his business. Yeah. So, yeah, it's nice that we have a plot point that centers on the business. Dracula's business. Yeah, it's
0: kind of fun. Um, so, anyway, it that ends with... It's really confusing, because it ends with Sophie basically taking a back seat... And saying that, like, oh no, it's okay. You should be well, with Alexa. She's sad. really nice. But
1: then Alexa never shows up again. Well, she she's because uh, the father's out. I'm guessing yeah, he took like, her with him. Why, but
0: why, why why break up? Why? So why
1: even take Chris if you're just going to
0: leave? It's a weird well, and, and, well, plot point. what it's Sophie do- point.
1: what Sophie does is she she sort of takes the reins away from Chris, saying mm-hmm. rather than wait for you to choose between me or this other girl, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, you know what? It's okay. We yeah. can we can extend this drama and sexual tension for a few more episodes. <laughs>
0: That's, so, that's so I'm, yeah, I'm,
1: you just go ahead with that. Episode
0: sixteen is another one of my favorites. My fair vampire.
1: Oh In gosh, this the episode, p- alien
0: episode, vampire uh, Dracula always loved the Pygmalion and has decided to do it for real. (laughs) He's just... Pygmalion, for those who don't know, is the play My Fair Lady is based on. It's it's, George George
1: Bernard Shaw. It's the
0: play slash musical in which uh, an erudite gentleman decides to take a gutter snipe and pass her off as a real lady.
1: So he, Dracula, yeah. I love that his motivation is just that he's a fan of the original work. Yeah. And uh, he even says to her, have you you seen Pygmalion? And she doesn't know what that is. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, she's sort of like, I, I don't know why there are so many people from Brooklyn who come yeah. come here? Uh, so many Canadian actors from Brooklyn end up in in <laughs> Luxembourg or wherever this is supposed to be. Whatevs. But a lot of these actors, to give their characters some character, affect this really faky Brooklyn accent.
0: Yeah. And so Dracula finds this complete ditz in his office. She breaks a statue, and that's the first thing he sees her do. He doesn't know her. He doesn't even work for him yet.
1: And like well, and she, he, she says, w- "Was that expensive?" He says, "It was priceless." Oh, good. She says. <laughs> <laughs>
0: then it, wasn't, then worth it, was, it wasn't worth anything. Which is
1: a funny joke. It's a
0: funny that's joke. A fun, that's a genuinely funny joke. And Dracula, who's just so baffled, he's just never seen anyone this ditzy, says oh, I have to do my Pygmalion thing. I've been fantasizing about this for decades. (laughs) And so he does it, and it's really, really funny as he's trying to make her a lady. Meanwhile, uh, in the A plot, actually. Yeah, that's the the B plot, but it's the best part. Uncle Gustav has an old vampire-killing associate who is suffering from dementia, but and is trying to convince Uncle Gustav that vampires are killing people in his old folks' home. Which, indeed, they are. Which, indeed, they are. But Uncle Gustav thinks this poor guy is basically, look, it's an old folks' home. People are going to die. That mm-hmm. That is what happens eventually. And Uncle Gustav uses this moment to even reflect on his own mortality because well, he's not a fact, young man anymore. There's
1: a very frank conversation between him and the, the yeah. his older friend Rather about, mature, about how they, they actually they don't try to, to sort of skirt the issues. Like, you know what? We're near death. We're yeah. going to die. And you're you, yeah. sooner you, than later. He actually says there's like more, there's more behind
0: he actually us than it. actually says right
1: to his face. And in this very sensitive way, you are going to die here. This is this is uh-huh. where you've come to die. This is what these places are for. Yeah. And he kind of has to sort of there's so much skirting of that issue when there's movies or dramas about nursing homes where this is actually yeah. kind of where people go to die.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, and he says this and this old guy has to kind of accept that. He's like, well, it's but I, surprisingly
0: mature drama for what is basically a kid's show.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So in any case, it all comes but to a head. the
1: big twist, of course. <laughs> is
0: that the, the vampire hunting friend is actually the vampire, but he can't really remember he's the vampire, uh, and so he was trying to get Gustav to kill him. Right. Which is kind of awesomely tragic, actually. It's actually <laughs> decent drama. You could do a whole movie about that. That'd be kind of neat. Mm. Um, and meanwhile, Dracula, who is finally just gives up on this woman, is about to bite her. Turns out she's a vampire hunter she... who was just luring him into her trap, and then episode ends with her dating Uncle Gustav.
1: Oh yeah, I forgot that part. Remember that?
0: It's just like, Uncle Gustav is just like, he's just gonna, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I can either get busy living or get busy dying, and I choose to fuck her. <laughs> and it's, whoa, what? Okay, okay. Go, go Uncle Gustav, I guess. Good for them. Good for her, for, for not, uh, uh, for finding older people attractive. Good for mm-hmm. her, that's nice. Well, he's, he's, I guess. he's in his 60s. He's nice. He's not, like, no, I'm not saying he's, 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 he's out of the game per se, but so, he's old enough to be her grandfather. The word
1: for that is gerontophilia. I did not know that. Yep.
0: Episode That's... seventeen: The Decline of the Romanian Vampire. Mm.
1: Mm. Uh, Yeah. Well done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Max lets Klaus out of his prison Because Max is an idiot Yeah,
1: Ma- Max sort of wanders into a vault He's like, ooh, look, a vampire vault Ooh, I wonder what this thing is that's surrounded by a protective ring of salt I have no idea It must idea. be trying to keep vampires out So I'm going to break the ring of salt Hey, uh, you know, I- I'm not a vampire hunter Alright. It's It's not my profession mm-hmm. It's not my beat uh, But I know enough to know that a ring of salt around something means keeping something in
0: you know that's my thing with this all this uh, watching horror movies watching horror tv shows reading horror comics books all that stuff again i don't necessarily believe but if i wake up in the middle of the night and my like five-year-old son says there's a monster under my bed we are fucking moving (laughs) that's the rule we're burning the bed and we're getting out of there uh, that's what i've learned
1: if I learn, you know, if my, my young child sits up in bed and starts speaking at me in Latin, I'm get going straight to the shotgun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> in any case, this turns out to be a bottle episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Klaus leads, uh, Klaus either wants revenge on Dracula or his father. It's hard to tell which one he's betraying. Turns out he's betraying both of them. And he is basically locks them in a room together with a time bomb. And all they have to do is talk about their lives.
1: Because they're both gonna die. Yeah. Well, I, I, I uh, this, this is great. This is the uh well, good, th- This is the conversation that we've kind of been waiting for. Yeah, they haven't really had a lot of time to just communicate. And which we kind of n- need. We need this kind of communication because if you're going to sustain this series about vampire hunters living right next door to, Vamp- uh, to Dracula and they hate mm-hmm. each other and they're trying to kill each other but they never do, they need to. They talk. need. To, well, they need to talk and establish what the relationship is. Yeah. Why aren't they killing each other all the time or trying mm-hmm. m- harder? And there I- are so many opportunities for one to kill the other that they just sort of let slide or it's like I'm not you you win this battle no you don't win the battle just kill him he's right there yeah. and, and
0: it turns out they team up to defeat Klaus at the end they mm. find common ground which should lay you know track for later in the series as they they have to team up more often uh, I also just like any excuse Jordy Johnson has to pontificate as an egomaniac because he's a lot of fun he talks about how um, you know Bella Lugosi played me in the movie I wanted Olivier or at least George Raft George <laughs> like, Raft well, George Raft wasn't that big. I guess he was a big George Raft fan. I'm
1: like sure. Olivier, why, I, I get. But George uh, Raft, really? He was all right. He was well, good but, actor. But, but, but where, where was Olivier in the early 30s? He would not His career hadn't really taken off I yet. guess that's true. I guess he uh, was, yeah. Dracula was ahead of his time. He was really following the British theater scene. I suppose so. <laughs> yeah, because when- when did, wanted better more. When, yeah. did, when did Olivier catch on? Like, 30- when, when was As You Like It? That was like, 34 was, or something. It was after yeah, Dracula. Yeah.
0: All okay, right. fair enough. I'll let you have it. <laughs> I'll let you have it. Um, also, I like that it's a credit card bomb. You, you, you swipe a credit card right. to, get it, to get it to stop for some reason. I don't know how that works. Episode 18 is my other, it's like my third favorite episode. There's like uh, three episodes I really, really, really okay. like on this show. Uh, and this is the other one. Is uh, this
1: the, the bookseller one?
0: Uh, this is I Love Lucard. Oh. This episode uh, opens with the dumbest opening of any episode in this series, but it actually, I actually like where it goes. Uh, it opens with, they're doing the end of Casablanca. With Chris and Sophie. And then Dracula shows up as the Nazi. And you're just watching like, what the fuck? Turns out Max has written the novel. I, I, have, of course he have, has. Have we said
1: that we hate Max? <laughs> we hate
0: Max so much. And, but he's reading his novel aloud to a room full of people, including two characters we've never seen before. Friends of Gustav's, married man and a woman. Uh, and he has written a, nov- uh, a nonfiction book that exposes vampires and names names. Mm-hmm. And of course there's only one copy. Because of course there is.
1: Come on, he's he's like ten or eleven. He's not going to make several copies. No, no, no.
0: that's Max, the author. The the, adult author has written a book exposing vampires. (laughs) Max has written a piece of crap potboiler. Oh, okay. But somehow Max has gotten a meeting with the publisher, and Max goes to the publisher with his with his manuscript, Mm -hmm. and the publisher says this book is great. We want to publish it. And Max starts thinking he's going to be a millionaire. And it turns out they accidentally switched the manuscripts and the author thinks that Max has spent decades researching vampires. Oh, God. And he just want to slap the whole show. <laughs> but what's kind of fun about it, and this is the part I actually really, really like, mm. he, he, Dracula invites the novelist and his wife over for dinner and you think he's going to kill him. Maybe he's going to turn the, vampire, the wife into a vampire so she kills him. And then it turns out Dracula knew her a long time ago, and she's actually might be the one woman Dracula ever He's loved. Like, yes,
1: yeah, his one, his his old ex, his old flame.
0: And she actually like, and there's like they have a whole long conversation. It's actually pretty good mm. about whether or not she'll leave her husband for Dracula. And finally, she says, "I'll leave him for you if you let him live." Mm. So it ends with the scene from Casablanca where they're getting on the plane and Dracula shows up and ends up saying, no, no, he needs you more. Go with him. Mm. And you actually start thinking to yourself, oh, how bittersweet for Dracula. How sad. And then the episode ends with Dracula sort of thinking about it, pontificating in front of a fireplace about love Mm. and how he'll always be lonely and how flammable jet fuel is and how their plane has probably just exploded over the Pacific Ocean as planned. (laughs) And I'm like... Dude, that's fucked. That's actually like, that's a good episode it? Mm-hmm. because it shows Dracula being sympathetic and
1: and evil without, at the same time, and giving yeah.
0: up his evilness, which is hard to do in a show like this when you make a villain. It, sympathetic.
1: it made me think of the ending of Casablanca, which you know everybody's seen. Where was, what what brilliant. what if, what, if, what if Rick like just pulled out a missile and said, Ah, screw it. <laughs> Maybe not. Today. Screw them all. We'll regret <laughs> it. Maybe not today. Maybe not. No, I'll regret it right now. <laughs>
0: Episode 19 is the bookseller episode. Bats in the attic. In this episode,
1: Gustav's schnitzel never arrives. Okay, now schnitzel is the one running... My my, uh, my long-suffering wife, bless, bless, bless her soul, has had to sit through a lot of crap with me. And uh, she watched a, a couple bits and pieces of Dracula the series. Never a whole episode, really. If she was in the room, she wasn't paying attention. The only detail she really picked up on was that Uncle Gustav loves schnitzel.
0: He does. He also loves polka. There's one episode where he's watching a television series called Name That Polka.
1: That's right. Uh, (laughs) Those are the two things. His name is Gustav. Gustav van Helsing. Uh, He lives in Europe. He doesn't have a German accent, but his love of schnitzel and polka belies the fact that he is a German man. Yes, or at least of German descent. Uh, But like... Like the German in yoga hosers the the f- the makers of the show only seem to know very little about actual German people. So they just shove the, so the two they things they know. The two things they know. Polka, schnitzel. Just repeat those over and over again and we'll cement the fact that he's German. So in this I think episode... Like, like in Yoga Hosers, I think Kevin Smith only knew one German word, wunderbar, <laughs> which is why those little sausage men just kept saying it over and over again. In
0: Bats in the Attic, <laughs> Uncle Gustav orders a late night schnitzel. It mm. never arrives, so he investigates. Mm. And it turns out the guy who delivered the schnitzel had previously delivered it to a vampire's house. Meanwhile, Dracula is concerned about the sudden proliferation of subpar zombies being made. (laughs) This
1: this, this is why I compared him to to, uh, Hannibal Lecter. He he has class. He doesn't like the fact that somebody's doing it wrong. That offends his sensibilities. He's actually
0: mad at another vampire just because they're fucking this up. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: You're, you're making you the seem, rest of us look bad.
0: You seemed rather excited about this episode. You, you guide people through the rest of this episode. No, it's it's all right. All you right. go for it. <laughs> you want me to go for it? So it turns out the, the owner of this bookstore, which has a lot of vampire books on it, that's why Max has been there, uh, is rather obsessed with vampires. He's got a vampire living in his attic, and he wants to become one, but the vampire in his attic won't make him one. Mm. But it turns out he actually became a vampire, and his shame of it... Uh, made his personality split, so he doesn't realize he's a vampire.
1: It's it's the psycho story.
0: Basically, it's the psycho story. Um, and but at the same time, the irony is that over time, his other personality became so obsessed with vampires. He actually wants to be one now, and he tells Dracula, "I could be the greatest vampire in the world." And Dracula says, "I am afraid that position is already taken." <laughs> Which is a great Dracula line. Um, in any case. Uh, he, they, they defeat the guy they kill him and then Max tries to take out Dracula and Dracula just says don't do it Maximilian I'm in a bad enough mood as it is which is <laughs> the whole relationship in a nutshell which is really really cute oh and also uh, Sophie and Max decide to join forces he's gonna take his rock guitar riffs and she's gonna shout beat poetry while dancing badly oh, right and it, Max right. is trying to get out of it because he thinks it's gonna be terrible but it turns out uh, they're a huge hit.
1: But everyone in Europe loves them. But it's terrible. But
0: it is terrible, and we see it over the closing credits, and it's it's really bad, and it's one of the most probably one of the more depressing things you've ever seen Mia Kirchner do in a movie or TV show. Like it's was it's the scene she wishes she could be could be erased. Uh, it's pretty pretty funny. Oh god
1: that, 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 that was that was just painful.
0: Episode 20 Klaus Encounters of the Interred Kind. Shut up. Shut up! Beautiful Mom is back. She um, wants to take the kids out of uh, uh, wants to take kids home, mm-hmm. which begs the question: Where the fuck was she?
1: She, was, she, where was, was, she? This whole she just leaves them there the whole time. She never calls. Well, the, I, I mean that if they're not in school, if this is just a summer, sure, they could be staying somewhere for the summer. Yeah, like, even three full months without mom yeah. coming in. Like she'll check in on them, but she'll be out doing yeah. business.
0: In any case, uh, she has a new business partner. Klaus. And it turns out it's
1: Klaus, who uh, I get, uh, who. They changed his hair. when we previously seen Klaus, there's a lot of really high-flared Dracula collars.
0: Yeah, in this Klaus show. is fond of jaunty
1: capes, and and I kind of I he wasn't wearing the cape when they first introduced him. She got in the car, I was like, and let's go. And this guy like sort of smiled at the camera, said, "Yes, let's go." I didn't recognize it was Klaus. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh oh yeah 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 that guy.
0: Uh, in any case, uh, mm-hmm. Klaus. Oh wait, this is the last episode. We're, we we will.
1: We'll, yeah yeah, this is the one with the time hole.
0: This is the one with the time hole. We'll talk about the second last episode yeah. last, I guess. Um, this is uh <laughs> this is the. Okay, so
1: as it turns out, (laughs) I watched this one just this morning, so it is fresh in my mind. So, And immediately after Uh, you were
0: done, you wrote, can you explain the time hole? And I said, I thought you would be able to explain (laughs) it to me.
1: So as it turns out, Gustav is just in Dracula's mansion.
0: Yeah, like Poke, you do
1: poking around. He br- broke into this guy's house again <laughs> for the umpteenth time. I don't think he like he's had any stated goal this time. He was just there, and he's <laughs> he was poking, bored. He's, oh, I'll just go go break into the house again. What the hell? Change of scenery. I wonder and, what Dracula's uh, up to. And he accidentally finds a, a secret passageway. He triggers something, and the ch- the uh, fireplace opens up, and there's <laughs> this big white light. It's yeah. this kind of purple swirling it's, light. Behind it's a Doctor the, Who portal, basically. Pretty it's much, like and,
0: a big hole in space and time. Now,
1: there's this sort of uh, conceit about time throughout this episode, because mm. early in the episode, they have like a time gun, essentially, a cross that can, well, no, it's a cross can instantly that... age vampires to do, the age they're supposed the age to be? Supposed if you're be, a 500 so,
0: year old vampire, you immediately become 500 years old. And the idea is that vampires don't age. How do they not age? Because they're not decomposing or anything. But, and yeah, the idea is that it, there's some sort of they're sort of dimensionally they're, out they're of not, sync. Yeah,
1: they're not they're not alive. They're not dead. It turns out, yeah, they're out of sync with time, which is they're sort of frozen in time, which is which why is they don't age.
0: Unnecessarily elaborate, but okay, fine. Well,
1: I mean, it's and it's weirdly science fictiony for a show yeah. like this. But and yeah, it, it turns out that this portal. Oh god! I don't even know. They they are so bad about explaining. Dracula about this has Dracula found a Dracula
0: portal into can, another dimension, when he which go he can pop in, out in other places. He can
1: go into this porthole, which teleports him, but that's not what he uses it for. He uses it to sleep. He uses it. Yeah, this is sort of the place he goes to, sort of chill out.
0: Yeah, and, this is what. No, this is. He had a decoy coffin. This uh, is like where he's, he he rests.
1: No, we don't go into that dimension right. or see anything. It's just a sort of hole. And uh, Klaus also finds the hole.
0: And he, wants to, and make he, the he, hole he wants to make the hole he his own. He really wants to make the hole his
1: own. He wants Dracula's hole. He, God, he is so hot for Dracula's <laughs> hole. And uh, you went there, man. I did. You opened so up. So did the show. You opened up the hole. I uh, opened
0: up Dracula's hole. <laughs> Good
1: God. <laughs> and uh, Klaus says he we can. We are 12. Klaus, <laughs> Klaus says he can take over the universe somehow if he has control of the hole. <laughs> he's gonna Control of the hole. He's gonna he's gonna gonna stick his pole in the hole. I don't oh know. Oh god, we're stopping uh, that I was, I was right stop, now. No, but, yeah,
0: that that was the line.
1: Right and uh, there. it turns out that. Uh, Dracula can invade the home because Gustav has traveled to Dracula's house with that protective cross that we saw earlier in yeah, the Yeah, he's going like, to put the protective cross uh, in Dracula's house and Dracula. Scare him out. And, yeah.
0: But Dracula and, uses the
1: portal to teleport into the house. He attacks the kids. But uh, nothing really comes of that. No, Klaus somehow gets cured by the time Yeah, of old? well, they take out the cross and they say that. Uh, Gustav is going to confront Klaus and say, I, I can cure you. We can work on a cure and you can be my son again. And Klaus says, no, I'm an evil vampire. And they pull out the cross and it pushes Klaus into the hole and that kills him, uh-huh. they think. But he comes back and but he's then, then fine and repentant. He, he's, he comes yeah. back and he's human and he's fine and he's repentant and he's dressed in the really like knit white sort of yuppie yeah. Buffy Let's Play Tennis outfit for some reason. Yeah, But then... Dracula shows up Dracula and they grabs him and pulls him back in again. Dracula, Klaus,
0: and Van Helsing all get shoved into the time hole, mm. and that's it.
1: And that's the end of the series. That's
0: the end of the series. Now, what happens is there's a few other things in the episode because it's clear that this, the idea was that this would continue. Yeah, um, it, it didn't have to, but here's it. Actually, is an okay ending for the series as a whole. It's not great, but it works. Mm. Um, there's there's the kids were going to move to America. They've decided to take Sophie with them. I don't know where she has parents or whatever, but all right. Um, So they're all going to go to America. uh, And Van Helsing has left. And I guess he thought maybe this would be his last stand regardless. Like he left a note. Mm -hmm. And he's leaving Max all of his research. So they're going to take it back with them to America. And I think the idea was in season two would be in America. Yeah. And Dracula would bring his holdings over to America. Uncle... Mm. Uncle Van Helsing would be back with them as well at some point. Well, and there would maybe
1: maybe some change in
0: status quo.
1: But because the the nature of the dimensional portal is never really explained, and there's talk of like time travel and stuff. Like, maybe they pulled out Klaus's, like, older body. I think that that's yeah. the impression I got. Maybe. That they somehow reached into the past and pulled out Klaus before he became a It vampire. opens up a lot of possibilities,
0: uh, actually, which could have been fun to explore.
1: Uh, but, yeah, it, it introduces this really biz- bizonkers time travel element to the show. And I just yeah. know that they would have done something with that. They would, they would have started have to. traipsing through history. Yeah. They would yeah. have, like, out past versions and future versions you of the do characters. Some, you could have been Doctor uh, Who, basically, with, more with less. Dracula,
0: which would have been a lot of fun. Um, the other thing, there's one more thing I want to talk about in this episode, which is... just the mom sucks and the reason why the mom sucks there's one line here where she's human Mm. she loves her kids supposedly and she's in bed with Klaus at least in a legal sense Uh, and Klaus suggests that she blows off spending time with her kids so they can work at which point she like cocks her eyebrow and says you know you're a lot like me Klaus you've got all the right instincts Mm. Jesus fuck you mom holy crap
1: what the hell and then she says stupid crap like and we both go for the jugular.
0: yeah the second to last episode which is actually the last episode on the discs we have uh uh, was was the clip show there's a fucking clip show where... uh, Jesus! Called My Dinner with Lucard. Yeah,
1: Dracula invites all the characters over for a dinner and they reminisce over all of the wacky adventures they've previously had and we see clips from the episodes they refer to.
0: Now, the underlying premise I actually rather like because it's basically all the characters acknowledging that we've been through a lot together and we're almost friends, so let's have a detente. Let's have like a ceasefire for one night and be pleasant. And Dracula cooks for them. There's this one funny bit where he collects the dishes, and rather than do them, he just throws them out the window of his castle, which is actually really funny. Because
1: he, ha- he doesn't have to worry about that sort of but thing. But
0: seriously, the whole episode is, and remember that time with Nosferatu. Mm. No, Max, let me tell the story. We all know the story.
1: No one here t- wasn't there. Cl- clip shows are are s- such low forms of entertainment. Yeah. They, they, they attempt to bank on nostalgia, but they're never a good idea. No matter how clever the... Well, uh, the, the bookend material might be. And
0: I want to say this right now. We all know of the concept of the clip show. Where we mm-hmm. use clips from old episodes and we just cut back to them. Uh, they were a little more necessary or at least they served them more of a function back before we had home video and but, it's yeah, well, streaming this is and true. not everyone's seen true. every episode so this is a way to catch everyone up with everything if you haven't seen the whole series mm. you can watch this episode and you'll get the gist of it
1: but even so I've, I've been in the position where I've seen the clip show without having seen the previous episodes yeah. on certain shows before and mm. they're disjointed they're just a way to sort of reminisce mm-hmm. they're for the people who have already seen the show I know they're not to catch people up
0: there's only two good like truly oh. great Great clip shows I've ever seen. Okay. One was Clerks the Animated Series, second episode was the clip show, and they
1: kept cutting the clips from the first episode. Hmm. That was funny. And, and eventually they started cutting to, like, clips from earlier in the same episode.
0: Yeah, and then episodes we've never seen before. It actually was rather funny. They're mm. making fun of it. The other one was the, like, penultimate episode of Avatar, The Last Airbender, in which they did the clip show, but they did it because they were watching a stage play where everyone was recreating the, the oh, massive they events. Oh, the
1: show, show them how it really happened. How, okay. show,
0: show them how it really happened through crappy stage show effects <laughs> uh, and also from the perspective of the bad guys. Ah okay So we see that like This isn't like Positive for them They're seeing how Other people view them So it served a dramatic Function and it was Also a parody of the movie Oh wow God they turned our lives Into something really Really crappy Yeah but the effects Were good So (laughs) that one kind of Worked That's actually pretty good Every other clip show Is death
1: uh, there was one other really great clip show oh, yeah? in uh, the last episode of Sam and Max Freelance Police, oh, I where, seen where it was a flashback episode, but all of the clips were from things that we had never seen before. It was there all original go. material. That's fun. Um, and, and then they yeah. started saying things like, remember when we buried the beaver in the backyard? <laughs> it's like, what, what, what does that have to do with anything?
0: The episode ends with... Basically, Uncle Gustav realizing that Dracula has turned Chris, Max, and Sophie into vampires, and they're all going to bite him, and then he wakes up. And then Klaus is also there. Klaus is also there for some reason, and he says, hi, Dad, can I borrow borrow your neck? And then (laughs) Uncle Gustav wakes up and says, that's the last time I eat schnitzel late at night. The last time. Hmm.
1: The end. Dracula the series was Dracula the series canceled too soon.
0: Actually, I would say yes, it
1: was. Uh, you know what? I would love to have seen. This show is awful. I want to say it's uh, not right. particularly. It's not, good, not particularly but it's charming. The, the characters aren't really well defined. Dracula, is. Uh, the, Dra- besides I'll Dracula. Say Dracula. Dracula's Dracula, Dracula's great. Uh, and I like Uncle Gustav as well. Yeah. The three kids, not good. Even no. Me, even Mir Kirchner, not not she, a lot to work with here. Yeah. Uh, she got better later.
0: She got more to work with later. Mm-hmm. That's for sure.
1: And. Uh, but as, as I was watching, it kind of wore me down, and I started to get charmed by how clunky a lot of this drama was.
0: Yeah, and I'll say this. You, you talk about this point when you're watching a show that lasts long enough mm-hmm. where it just becomes familiar and you can't even be, have any animosity towards its flaws anymore. Um, I'm not sure that's entirely what Dracula the Series was. I think Dracula the Series actually just kind of finds what it is mm-hmm. eventually. And what it is is never great. It's never right. a great show, but it's it's got it finds its personality, it finds its tone, it starts expanding on its mythology in ways that are kind of entertaining and open up a lot of possibilities. The characters develop relationships with each other mm-hmm. that we become kind of invested in, and it's charming. Charming well, is the word I use. I think it, it's
1: very likable. Yeah, show. it's incredible. Incre- likable is also a good word. It's, yeah, it's it's bad, but it's not hateable uh, yeah. unless, of course, you're looking at Max. But uh, <laughs> Max sucks. Max sucks so hard, and. Uh, there are going to be scenes where you're just going to be groaning and rolling your eyes, but it's like when your dad tells a pun. Yeah. It's like, oh, Dracula. Why you experience- Well, let's keep on watching and see what happens. What I experienced uh,
0: watching the show is there are so many shows kind of like this, like Forever Night, for an example, mm-hmm. uh, that again have a big cult following, and they have many of the same flaws that you find in Dracula the series. But what was kind of interesting while watching Dracula the series is feeling this sense of nostalgia for an era of television specifically, without having any specific nostalgia for this show show and after a while oh, the i started e- era it was made i started in. getting nostalgic for the show i was watching for the first time which is kind of interesting
1: <laughs> well it, it it did make me nostalgic for the kinds of shows i watched in 1990 when i was yeah. 11 or 12 and uh since that actor was my age i i can tell you i had his exact wardrobe of course when, when i because i was the same age those, those were the clothes we were buying these sort of there's a scene where uh mia Kirshner's character is wearing this like aggressively neon green sort of clubbing outfit yeah. that could only have hit the market in 1990 <laughs> exactly. Like the summer of 1990 was the only time you could ever buy that outfit. So, yeah, it, it made me nostalgic for a time when I would have been like sort of caught episodes of this on maybe after the cartoons. It ended on Saturday morning, like midday mm-hmm. Saturday yeah, yeah, when there's, like, wrestling and golf on half the stations, but one still has sitcoms for young people. Yeah. Uh, like, Hey Dude and Saved by the Bell.
0: Yeah, Small Wonder, that kind of thing, yeah.
1: So uh, this this would have fit right into that. Mm-hmm. And I, I pictured myself, you know, enjoying the Capri Sun commercials in between. And, you know, sort of these, these halcyon days of my youth. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, I, I understand exactly what you're talking about. It yeah. does infuse you with nostalgia, even yeah. though I had never seen the show before. And I would
0: argue that this show, like, there was uh, enough groundwork laid in the. season season that Mm -hmm. you could have expanded on for at least a couple more seasons. You could get Dracula in America. Dracula expands his business. Dracula runs afoul of so many vampires that he ends up... becomes a
1: sympathetic character. Well, he
0: ends up becoming the lesser of evils, and he ends up just flat out teaming up with Van Helsing Mm -hmm. and the the Townsend kids.
1: Also, uh rather than have this sort of off-again, off-on-again, off-again romance between Chris and Sophie, there could have just been an eventual episode where they do just our boyfriend-girlfriend. And that's their relationship. Yeah. Maybe later in the series in a couple yeah. of years, maybe at the end of the show, they get married.
0: Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah, if it lasts that long. I mean, they're still uh, in the high with, school. But, with yeah. the
1: introduction of the poorly explained space hole, there's a lot of uh, new possibilities that yeah. you could do. We uh,
0: could visit them in the future and the, see that they are married in well, 2005. What,
1: what I would have loved to see is... Max getting replaced by his adult self. Ooh,
0: that's kind of fun because
1: he has to do all this research. Why, yeah. why have every episode be about stumbling through all of Gustav's research when he can have another character yeah. who is also the same character. I would like them. to find
0: out that eventually Dracula and uh, the Townsend kids, mom do get married mm-hmm. consensually and she knows who he is. Uh-huh. Yeah. How, how much of a mind job would that be? That'd be <laughs> messed up. Um, and the other thing that they don't really do in this episode, I'm trying to remember if they referenced any other monsters. I feel like they might have mentioned a werewolf once. Um, kind of. They don't really do anything else. Like no, we could it's just vampires. We yeah. could introduce werewolves as another element Why as as the series goes on.
1: Crossover with werewolf the series,
0: yeah, which we're not going to be reviewing. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So uh, as next on uh, uh, cancel too soon, we're going to be doing the. Kind of urban legendy TV movie that aired once and then got banned. Uh, Crybaby it, it, Lane. It, it,
1: it wasn't banned. That's the it urban was legend. Just unpopular. <laughs> urban legend. It the urban banned. legend it just was, wasn't available. It was so
0: dark that it uh, became a creepy pasta. Right. Basically, mm-hmm. it's a it's a t- Halloween special TV movie that aired on Nickelodeon called Cry Baby Lane. It's really hard to find, but we got a copy, and it should be really really interesting to talk mm-hmm. about. Uh, and then the well, week it's, after it's that, it's actually not
1: hard to find anymore. It's on YouTube. It's
0: on it's online, yeah. uh, but it's never been officially released. Right. Uh, and then the week after that, we were going to do werewolf the series which was basically i think it's just called werewolf but yeah yeah basically it's Werewolf. It's called werewolf and it was basically uh the incredible hulk tv show except instead of turning into a hulk it turns into a werewolf which
1: is all the hulk is anyway
0: but it's 29 episodes long and i'm sorry i got eight episodes into it and i was just like "Ah, i don't have the passion for it right now Mm -hmm. we'll get to it another time when Uh it's less busy so (laughs) instead we're going to do another series we're going to do a series created by wes craven called nightmare cafe
1: Mm. Robert England's in it, but it's this is not Freddy's Nightmares Freddy Krueger has nothing yes, to do with it
0: It's a different thing, a lot of people confuse the two uh, And it is about uh, ghosts who run a cafe
1: A, a, a moving cafe, like a Brigadoon-like cafe That, yeah. that wanders around the, the they landscape get into
0: various adventures uh, it's, it, it's, it, I remember liking it, it, but I haven't seen it
1: since it came it, out in like imag- 82 Imagine if the TARDIS from Doctor Who was a diner
0: uh, They did that on Doctor Who
1: Oh, did they? There okay. is
0: another TARDIS that looks like a diner.
1: Oh, that's really funny. Yeah. So they, so they ripped off Nightmare Cafe. I think then.
0: they did. Oh, crap. I did to put that together. That's really funny. Uh, so we're going to talk about that in two weeks. Next week, we're going to talk about Cry Baby Lane. You can also check us out on the B-Movies podcast where we're reviewing whole horror movie franchises. We've already done Nightmare on Elm Street. This week, it's Leprechaun. Next week, it's Wishmaster, also created by Wes Craven, so that's kind of fun. Uh, or produced by Wes Craven, in that case, more mm-hmm. accurately. Uh, you can also listen to uh, our recent interview with Don Coscarelli where we do a huge like hour and a half retrospective of all of the Phantasm movies uh-huh. he's a really interesting guy and I think it's actually one of the better interviews uh, I've ever done Whitney and Courts they couldn't make it that week
1: I, I, which of course
0: I regret yeah but mm. what are you going to do he's, he's a busy busy man um, mm. so there's that uh, please subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already mm. uh, Did- it really helps us out leave us a review mm. we'll get to the letters in a second I just want to all get right. this all out uh, you can follow us on Twitter we're still at BMoviesPodcast because we haven't figured out how to get our Twitter handle back uh, Whitney. And, uh,
1: you know what happened i set it up under an email account and facebook took that account away and now i have no access
0: yeah and they won't and let, let us th- they won't let us change it unless we email them from the account that no longer exists so thanks twitter mm-hmm. yeah uh, mm-hmm. so we're figuring that one out um whatever but follow us B movies podcast and you can email us b movies podcast at gmail.com mm. all one word B movies podcast uh, with suggestions for the show again we have hundreds but we always want to find out more mm. uh, and if the more requests we get for one thing the more likely it is we'll do it soon mm. uh, you can also ask us questions respond to our reviews tell us your own experiences with the shows we reviewed uh, and it sounds like we have a letter
1: we, we have a couple letters actually okay. our last episode a full-length episode was about David Lynch's on the air yeah uh, David Lynch's failed sitcom mm-hmm. uh which uh, you can listen to that episode hear all of our stra- yeah. strange opinions on this very very strange show. short answer fun show uh, a fun, fun fun show weird as fun, hell weird uh yeah Anyway, this is uh hi guys this is neil mcgowan writing from ireland hi neil irish listener uh thank you for listening thank you uh, first of all thank you for the podcast in general it is one of my most anticipated downloads Ooh. and in particular for recommending uh, rec- recommending and giving on the air a second chance. Uh, I had tried the show once about 10 years ago as a hardcore Lynch fan who had just twi- finished twin peaks at 19 years old. I made it about 10 minutes <laughs> before rolling my eyes at the terrible, terrible jokes and the general quote lameness of the show in comparison to the endlessly cool and dark atmosphere of Lynch's other work. If Eraserhead was his comment on the anxieties of fatherhood, was this his comment on his newfound love of dad jokes? <laughs> <laughs> That's not I sp- terribly that, bad actually fair criticism yeah. uh, however after hearing your enthusiasm for it I decided to give it another crack and boy howdy was it a different story I don't know whether it's me being older my humor changing or just viewing it in a vacuum away from the other lynch material but if you open your mind to this being a slow, a show built on lame silly jokes it is an absolute joy the slapstick in the first episode of the stagehand trying to run off getting his braces caught showing his spotty underwear naturally and getting hurled back into Ian Buchanan was rewound a few times and let me tell you the fact that it was a blatant dummy being used used makes it better
0: yeah i stand by it if on the air had come out like eight years later in the adult swim era I would have been a hit
1: you bet it would have yeah it 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 has that sort of Lynch earnestness to it, but mm. it is way too silly. Yeah. Uh, also, I think it should be pointed out that this is not Lynch's only forgotten entry in TV history. Hmm. Uh, beyond the former-supported Mulholland Drive pilot, he also directed two of a three episode HBO series called Hotel Room. Uh, that I was, forgot about that. That was yeah. an anth- that wasn't a series. I think that was like an anthology special. So but yes, i like series or, or something. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. Uh, but I've seen Hotel Room. I have not. Uh, that featured Harry Dean Stanton, Crispin Glover, and Alicia Witt, and was co-written by Wild at Heart author Barry Gifford. Uh, It comes across as Lynch almost bordering on self-parody more than ever, but there are some good things here, at least visually. However, the second episode is not Lynch-directed, and you can tell instantly, and it is actively terrible, proving the point that other people playing in his toy chest is probably bad news. (laughs) I hope this is good news for his complete directorial control over the new Twin Peaks season, although, as someone who sat through Inland Empire... It could go either way, really. Sometimes I think my life is a daydream, and I'm still sitting in the cinema waiting for *Inland Empire* to end.
0: <laughs> I think that's. A, I think that's actually is like a deleted plot point from *Inland Empire*. That I think you that's actually everybody's still. You. Yeah, you're yeah. still sitting. Well, no, yeah. the, the
1: the audience. Yeah. Is an active character at the end of Inland uh, Empire, basically. if you remember. Yeah, I think Hotel Room was a mini-series. It might not make the Cancel 2 suit canon, but I figured it deserves a nod. Also, before I go, I have an acronym for Vulture.
0: Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Again, for those who don't recall, when we reviewed Chuck Norris' Karate Commandos, the evil organization behind the villainous exploits of every episode was called Vulture, which was an acronym, but they never explained what the acronym so was.
1: We've had people writing in to letting us know was. And what if you knows. have
0: ideas for more acronyms for Vulture, mm. we will take them.
1: <laughs> okay, Vulture. This one's good. Too. Various unruly libertines for uproarious riotous entropy. <laughs> Good. Well done. Not bad. Not bad. I'm not sure if, if entropy can up, be uproarious but I'll take it Sure, I, li- I like not? the phrase uproarious entropy, it so- it sounds, like entropy a, sounds like a Tumblr account it sounds, it sounds like a punk record to yeah. me it, it's a bit much but I think we can all agree that villains are often pretty pretentious right keep up the good work guys and I look forward to whatever shows you both pull out of the ether for examination I have my fingers crossed for a Wonderfalls episode in particular uh, but just because it'd be nice to hear somebody but me talk about that show we'll, we'll
0: talk about Wonderfalls eventually
1: best regards Neil yeah. McGowan. well thank you for writing in
0: Neil Yeah.
1: Uh, what do we got, got one more uh, yeah we got another one about on the air uh hello ww or quadruple u quadruple u that's us i get it yeah yeah i like that i like that uh, i didn't watch on the air yet okay. oh, but i did listen to your recent episode and now it is definitely on my list to get by by the end of the year however i did listen to the opening credits theme music with the quote fart noise and i'd like to propose an alternative interpretation Ooh. Uh, i think the noise is supposed to be the result of the saxophonist missing a note <laughs> A saxophone came out Somehow on his instrument Even though the music Isn't played perfectly He runs with it anyway And it kind of works Kind of works That would fit in with What I understood the premise To be making a show Where things go wrong But still kind of works You know that's not bad I no, like uh, that I'm sure a saxophonist Would be be better able To confirm or deny this theory But that's huh. my two cents That's from Canadian Keith Canadian Keith That's pretty mm. good man Actually I like that mm. I not thought of that That's smart Alright anything else uh, One more on, on the other. Okay, one more <clears throat> uh, Hi guys I'm not good At coming up with nicknames That's fine. That's fine.
0: We'll always take new nicknames. We don't need them, though. It's fine. But we will take them if Uh, you have
1: them. The On the Air episode really made me want to see it. I I wondered why I didn't watch it because I liked David Lynch, but then I realized that it was 1992. I was in my 20s and didn't really watch much TV at the time because I was out having a life. Fair enough. Right. Also, I think many of us did get a little stung by how Twin Peaks went down. It really should have been a one season show. Yeah, probably. Uh, it might seem hackneyed, but please consider the Paul Lind Halloween special. <laughs> uh, there's certainly a unique figure on American TV. Beloved by middle American that they refused to realize that he was gay. Keep up the good work, Daniel. Wait, the Paul, the
0: Paul, Paul Lind Halloween special was, I've seen some of it, it's it's pretty mm-hmm. great, and it was on our shortlist for Halloween specials. There will be other years mm-hmm. and other Halloween specials. And that's a good mm-hmm. one for it.
1: Uh, we have also have a letter on the Halloween that almost wasn't oh well you know, let's like that it. okay A yeah. um, response to cancel too soon dear cancel too soon first uh, oh well I guess that dear the show yeah First off, I want to completely agree with the letter from the most recent episode. I love hearing about the gems. Oh, somebody wrote in saying that it's better to explore the forgotten things than just continue to talk about the things everybody's already talking about.
0: Yeah, we get kind of half and half with our listeners. Some people really want us to talk about the recent stuff that they are only mm. just got into and are still passionate or, about. Or the, the freaks and geeks and the
1: fireflies yeah. and the ones that everybody's already yeah. chimed in on.
0: And some people like the real big obscurities. I tend to lean towards obscurities. I know Whitney does, too. Yeah, but we're, we're doing both as much as mm. we can.
1: Anyway, uh, I've, uh, he likes them when we talk about the gems that he's heard of, or not heard of. It's one of the reasons the show has become one of the favorite parts of my weekend. Oh, thanks. That being said, I wanted to point you guys to some more modern Halloween specials or movies that have been happening. Because uh, I certainly haven't been k- keeping up on them. Not as much uh, as I should have. The Disney Channel has been doing a Halloween-themed Disney Channel original movie most years since the late 90s. Hmm. They missed a couple in there, including this year with one called The Swap. That hmm. has yet to premiere as of the writing of this email, but we will have by the time the time your next episode has aired. Within the realm, you have an entire Halloween Town series, which is four movies. Mm, I've heard about I've that. I've heard about the Halloween yeah. Town series. Also, for the last couple of years, R.L. Stein has been putting out non-goosebumps straight-to-video and Netflix movies with his mostly ghostly films and Monsterville Cabinet of Souls. Uh... Okay. Uh,
0: I've Ar- heard of Mostly Ghostly. I hadn't heard of Monsterville. Uh,
1: Arl Stein is after my time. I've, yeah. I. By the time he started up, I was already in high school, so I yeah. didn't really read those. Yeah,
0: I was a little bit past. Goosebumps mm. is kind of, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, it's basically baby's first Stephen King. Mm. Uh, it's scary without being truly terrifying, and you can tell Arl Stein is, in many respects, more of a comedy Guy, he really yeah. brings a lightness to it that's really, really great for little kids, and I think it makes you want to read more horror mm. later on. So, I think he serves a really great function in that. Also, I really liked the movie they did recently. Which the was, was, a of, movie. Yeah, it was a
1: lot of fun. It was a lot of
0: fun. Yeah, yeah. If, I, if I was 12, that'd be one of my favorite movies. That's a really, really mm. fun flick. So, uh, uh Arl Stein also follows me on Twitter. Nice. <laughs> that was kind of cool. He was, <laughs> he was like Celebrity Does he, he? I wrote something nice about Goosebumps, and he shared it. And he said this person gets it, and I was like, oh, interesting. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thank nice. you, uh,
1: There are definitely still Halloween specials being put out, but they have a different feel to them now than something like the Halloween that almost wasn't does. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's certainly something to look at. Your lo- loyal viewer, well, I suppose listener, uh, Topher. Well, thank you for writing in, Topher. Yeah, thanks, Topher. That's awesome of you. Thank you. Uh, that's all we have for uh, for this yeah. week. So again, uh, along. keep writing
0: us. Uh, keep writing to us again. BMoviespodcast Movies Podcast at gmail.com uh, If you. are if your email amounts to more than just a list of shows mm-hmm. that you want us to cover, uh, we will read it on the air. We will answer any questions you have, uh, uh, Can, debate just, any topics, talk about the shows. You have a different perspective, mm-hmm. uh, more information to add about any of the shows we talk about. If you're a big Dracula
1: the series fan, well, well, let I'd, lo- us know. I'd, I'd love to talk to you. If you yeah. if you watched the series back in 1990 and it was like really dear to you, I would love to hear from you. Yeah, like, I'm curious how what, you feel about it now. How you what, feel about it now? What, if, what, if you've gone back, if you the characters are sort of informed you in any. Sort of does, does it hold
0: a place in your heart or is it just the show you watched as a kid? Mm. Uh, so, again, we'll be back next week with Crybaby Lane mm. and we'll be back in two weeks with Nightmare Cafe. Thank you very, very, very much for listening and good night, Miss Calabas, wherever you are.